Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. It's always that one time you need a defense attorney and you just don't know who to call, right? Well, I'm telling you, Manny Aurora, the Aurora Law Firm, he's the best in the business when it comes to a defense attorney. And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows the other side of the courtroom. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states. If you need Manny, theauroralawfirm.com, theauroralawfirm.com. He stops by the show twice a month. Got any questions? Leave it on our hotline, 404-369-3825, or on our social media off podcastthebs.com. Everybody needs a friend. Everybody needs an ear, and that's why Dr. David Markwell and Ridgeline Counseling are the best at what they do. Ten different therapists who work with Dr. David Markwell at Ridgeline Counseling. If you're in the Georgia area, East Cobb, Marietta, near the square in McKaysville, right outside of Blue Ridge. And they assist with a wide variety of behavioral health issues like anxiety, depression, relationship issues, parenting issues, trauma, substance use issues, etc. Offering virtual sessions. If you can't get to the Georgia Stops, the website, markwelltherapy.com. Again, markwelltherapy.com. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. After all these years in the radio business, Jason Bailey is finally unfiltered. I don't know what you want. With his bestest buddy and producer, all the way from Mexico, it's Nate, dude. <laughs> Sit back, enjoy. Here is the podcast that is all about intellectually immature nonsense. Are a very particular set of skills. You will love it. Why? Because I'm Jason's neighbor. I'm old man Kevin. <laughs> and by God, this is the BS. All right, here it is, episode 81 of the BS. Thanks for being here. My name's Jason Bailey in the Golden Scissors Studio, beautiful Roswell, Georgia. There's Nader Taters, uh, not in Mexico, still in his high school bedroom there in Iowa. Straight from Midwest. Yeah, straight straight out straight out of the Midwest. I don't think you're leaving. I think you're liking it too much. Yeah. No, I've got a couple weeks here and then I'm heading back. Yeah. I think back you're gonna to I think your wife's gonna make you stay because she's got laundry pods or something. I don't know. I heard she was excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> you also said I would only last two weeks in Mexico and it's been three hundred and sixteen days, so I'll be back. I didn't say two weeks. I think like 16. No, days. you said two weeks. 16. You days. said you're not going to make it. Yeah, okay, 16. Okay. <laughs> a little bit over. I, I, I remember specifically saying 16 days. No, I, I didn't think, you know, I was a little tongue in cheek, but I, did, I definitely didn't think you'd last this long. Um, and I, I also think that you also uh, put up a good uh, little show, too. I, I don't think it's all as, as great as you make it seem to be because you're just a human being. It's going to be tough. When you move away from, I, I don't know what it'd be like to move away from your country. I mean, maybe it's not any different. I, I, I don't know. But I definitely know it's when you move, fish out of water syndrome. You move someplace else and you, like I was joking about the, the, the laundry pods, but your wife really misses laundry pods. Like She like really misses the laundry beads. So it's the little things like that, that it's going to be tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah, true. But it's like going to camp, just like, you know, you're like yeah. oh, camp sounds really great. And then when you get there, you're like, this sucks. I got to walk to the bathroom every day. 
And I can't understand any of the other campers. Yeah, yeah fuck it. What the other campers? <laughs> Where, where'd you put me in the middle of goddamn alien camp? Jesus. <laughs> I went to Middle Eastern camp. I can't I can't understand anyone. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom always sent me to international camp. I don't know why. <laughs> she used to send me to camp in Israel. I just fucking, so, I'm not even Jewish. Weird. It was fucking weird. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Thrasher in the Zelensky Studios there in Newton, Georgia. Hello there, Brandon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. He's got some new equipment he's playing with. I wish you'd fix your damn camera. It's just like the, the, the look, you look like a dickhead, you know, just, just, <laughs> just a little part of it. Or you're slouching, one of the two. You should. Have you ever heard of framing? Like you should frame the picture. You should frame it's the centered. box. No, no, no. Like you should take up the box. See how Nate's kind of taking up the box? I mean, not his body, but, you know, he got his bed, he's got this and this and that. You're taking up the box, you know, so your head should be not too far from the top and blah, 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 blah. Like, but you're like, I mean, literally, you're, you're just, you're like Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah, like you're taking a picture. Like, you don't want all that sky in there and your head down on the bottom. Get, get more of you. Man, what you talking about? I thought that was good video work if you just got my Pepsi Cola hat from 1942. <laughs> But that's what people want to see. And then just hear my lovely voice and see a little bit about curly mullet in the back while I wear my bathrobe. I just thought that's what people wanted. His hat's evolving. It was like grandpa hat, and now it's like like MTV ridiculousness hat. <laughs> oh, no, he's flipped up the bill, which I think yeah. is cool. Yo. Stays out of my eyes. Yeah. I'll flip it up. I think he has no choice. I think it's just the way that house, the hat has been bent. You know, it's, it's, it's over, over time. It's the vintage feel is just starting to tear it apart. Well, what the, what, what in the shit did you send me? What, what is this vabbing thing? This story? Uh, I want to talk about the tournament cause now it's over and I can recap all that. And there's this and that happening, but Nate sends me this link. Doesn't give me a heads up on it at all. And I click it and this is large woman that's taking her juices from her downstairs area and she's dapping it on her body and she swears up and down that men are attracted to this. And I'm like, there's no way it's just not happening. Uh, I mean, who am I? I don't know. Maybe I have been attracted to it before and I had no idea, but you know, give me a heads up next time, dude. I mean, like at least send me, I'm sure she's attractive to some people, not for me, not my type of girl. At least send me an attractive woman, please. Hey, I just sent the story. I didn't go, but or I, I didn't write it. I didn't put the girl in there, and it does say "Do not Google what babbing is." So, but you yeah. put you put that in the, <laughs> you put that in the title or something. I, I didn't see like a "Not Safe for Work," even though I don't really work. No, but whatever. It, it it says it in the story. Do not Google. I repeat, oh. do not Google. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you run across that? I don't even know. Well, somebody, uh, I can't somebody posted it or something. And I was like, Oh, I've never heard of this vabbing and vabbing. Uh, yeah. And I guess it's, uh, it's like, it kind of makes sense. It sounds silly, but it makes sense because so what it is, is I, I guess girls are putting their, uh, their fingers in their vaginas and then using the, the juice on like, they like, so it's like v- vagina dabbing and yeah. you like dab the vagina juice behind your ears or like on your wrists or something like that. Um, and it's supposed to attract guys. Uh, 
So it's weird, but it kind of makes sense because pheromones are are a thing, and you're put. That's basically what you're doing with cologne. You're putting it in like spots where you think somebody's going to smell and it's going to turn them on or whatever. So maybe it maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's scientific. Is that why you put cologne or perfume in certain spots? Because there are. I just thought I just thought that was where you put it. But is, is there certain spots in your body that? I guess other people are going to smell more than other. Yeah, I guess that would. I guess that would be. I never. Yeah, thought you about put it like behind your ear because if somebody's kissing on your neck, then their nose is right behind your ear. You put it on your wrist because if you're, I don't know, if you're strangling them, then your wrist is right there. Yeah, that's 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 that's, that, that's the issue I always had is when I was strangling them. Yeah, <laughs> put it on your knee yeah. <laughs> so they smell it when they're going down. They put it on your belly button hole. <laughs> but yeah, I assume your your hand is going across their their face at some point, so they're going to smell it on your wrist. You're the TikTok guy, Brandon. Why don't you know about vabbing? I have not heard about this. Maybe they kind of like took it down because it sounds pretty bad, pretty nasty. Uh, I, I mean, there's I've seen. I don't know. TikTok's kind of cleaned itself up. Like you go like a year ago, TikTok. I mean, I mean, I'd go on there and I'd just scroll, and there'd be nothing but you know bikini boob shots of young girls. It made you feel uncomfortable. I mean, at least they still got a lot of that. Oh, I, I don't see that. Like when I when I pull it up, it's. It's, it's people doing dumb dances and pranks and uh, well that's a good thing because that that means that your algorithm is developed that way so <laughs> if, if all you're seeing is young girls and and dancing and stuff then you're looking for young girls and dancing you're searching that out <laughs> it's gonna keep on popping up okay so that was well that was why it was popping up yeah, I think so. Because oh, uh, I saw some some funny post about some pastor saying, "All oh, there are naked girls and bikinis on there," and it's like, "Hey, pastor, you know we know you're looking for that stuff. It's <laughs> popping up." <laughs> I'll remember not to say what I just said out loud ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I get caught with uh, I, I had to mute Nita Marie, you know our our our, our friend from OnlyFans, um, not because I I don't think she's wonderful and. She's a very beautiful, uh, uh, voluptuous woman. But every time I open up my my Instagram, it, and we're friends, you know, she's following me on my personal one and also the show one. So when I toggle back and forth, her, you know, half-naked body pops up every time. And it's weird. You know, you never notice it, but so many people are looking at your phone. And they have no problem saying like what they just saw on your phone, like "Whoa, what is that?" But they, if you're if you're texting somebody, they're not going to be like, "Oh, I think you misspelled that word." They're not going to say anything, but they're I, I guess they're reading it if they're looking at what's on your phone. Uh, one would assume, right? And I would I do the same thing. I just glance over somebody's phone. For, I don't know why. You're just kind of drawn to. You're like, "Oh, I wonder what they're looking at." You know, if you're on a plane or something, and and just kind of glance over. But yeah, if it's something weird, I'd probably think of. Give them a second look. <laughs> so is it, is, it, is it that people are looking like everywhere you go, if there's someone around you, they're looking. I'm thinking they are. You know, you, you go back pre-cell phone and somebody's watching, you know, something on their portable DVD player on a plane, right? You're watching it. Or even if you're on a plane, you know, Delta's got the screens in the in the chair. You look next door to see what they're watching, and there's some fucking movies that they play that they shouldn't play because it's uncomfortable at certain times. Wolf of Wall Street, for example, you should not play Wolf of Wall Street on a plane. There's some there's some booby pictures in the, in the you know I like it personally, but if I'm sitting there and there's a kid behind me or a kid next to me, like now I I can't watch certain movies 
because of, of who you sat me next to. So it should all be kind of like PG movies or documentaries or, uh, or, or, or television shows or something like that. So, um, I bring this up for a couple different reasons is, is because so this tennis tournament that I just got done hosting and, and I'm not going to say I'd, I'm not going to do it next year. I know I always say that I'm not gonna. I actually enjoyed it. The, they brought this up. My, so one of the guys I work with this guy, Lee, he's the, he's the production manager. He says to me the other night, cause we had back to back rain delays over the weekend. And he says, let me guess you're not coming back next year because it was kind of like a running joke. And I said, no, I actually, without having to do the radio show, I got to enjoy the tennis tournament this year. So it was great. I'd, I'd come back and do it again. <laughs> he goes, wow, that's different. I, was, I go, because I'm not, I'm not dead to the world. You know, my body's not beating the shit. It would take me a week afterwards to, to recover from this tournament, at least a week, maybe two weeks. So my body just wasn't doing it. So we were, uh, there, there's, you know, there's a group of us, you know, I've got Jill who helps us out on the show with the social media stuff. You know, she's, she's my producer, I guess, quote unquote. Then there's a camera guy by the name of Robin. Great dude. And then there's the, the, the court manager who, um, every year it's somebody different. So they put this guy Vishal in, in place to be the, the court manager. He's a great kid. Really, really nice guy. But I noticed that. Like, there's two tables, and, you know, and then there's chairs lined up for us to sit down and do work or whatever the case may be or just relax. And, you know, obviously we're all on our phones and we're in close quarters. And I'll look out the corner of my eye, and I'll see certain people looking over my shoulder. Or if I'm sitting down, I'll kind of look behind me a little bit, and I'm like, I know they're reading my text. And I'm, you know, start to get a little angry, and then I'm like, I just did that to him like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it's almost unavoidable, right? If somebody's writing a text and it's in your eyesight, you're going to look at it. I think it's just how we've developed and you you see a screen and now you're just your eyes are just drawn to it. I think it's just like involuntary at this point. And you just see it, you're like, oh screen, what's up? And you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm reading someone else's phone at this point. Um, but yeah, I do it and I know it's it's not right. I think you should be able to watch whatever movie you want on a plane. And uh, not worry because it's it's on them for looking in your personal space. But yeah, people look. Well, then that's the argument. Is that is it on you or you know? I mean, I think that's one of the problems that we have today is people are like, well, they're going to find a reason to not blame themselves. Yeah, it's on you. Yes, Delta's offering up that uh, that movie on the flight. Technically, you can watch whatever you want. You paid for the seat, but. There's that unwritten rule like, okay, they didn't plan for a kid to be there. So, no, you probably shouldn't watch that movie. You know, that would be the – are there other options and is it going to overly hinder your, your flight and is it going to make you – no, 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 no. Just swap it up a little bit because that's the right thing to do. You know, versus saying, oh, well, it's Delta's fault. They put it on there. I paid for this seat. I should be able to do whatever the hell I want to. If that kid wants to see uh, Margot Robbie's vagina, so be it. She's gonna, he's, kid's going to see the vagina, you know, versus saying <laughs> something like that. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, I mean, those things for your phone, though, like you put a screen on, you can only look at it if you're looking at it straight on. If you're at an angle or anything, you can't read it. What, the, what are you talking about? It's like a screen protector that goes on your phone. Mm. And uh, you have to look, be looking at your phone straight on in order to see it. If not, it's like blacked out. 
I've never heard that before, Nate. You know, you know, you know what the, this guy's talking about? Yeah, it's just like, um, like screens that, like, I think, like the DMV and stuff, and a lot of offices have them where if you're at an angle, you can't read them. Um, you get the same thing for your laptop or your phone. I, I think my phone has, yeah, no, no, the screen protector now I don't have doesn't have it, but the one I used to does, and it's yeah, if you're at an angle, you can't read it. Oh, when you get that, so next time Nita Marie pops up, or Nate sends me a vabbing video. From TikTok. You know right now, Brett, I guarantee I got $20. It says Brandon has already looked at what va- uh, vabbing on TikTok is by now. Yeah, I think so. Yes? Brandon? Well, I wouldn't be doing it in the middle of the show. Come on now. You have, <laughs> you, you didn't know what it was, so you, I'm, I'm guessing you want to go watch women do this on TikTok. I'll probably search it up, see what they got going on. Oh, so you have, you, have, you have not done it yet. No, but I can. I probably oh, will. Like, I'm, I'm master vabbing right now. What's Ma- it? Master vabbing. I wonder if it works. He, he, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I don't know how we would experiment with that, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes, like I said, it makes sense with the, like, pheromones. Like, pheromones sound weird. And like, oh, what, just a smell is going to make me horny. But, I mean, this is literally the most, you know, caveman type of smell there is. Like women like, uh, you know, that manly smell sometimes. This is kind of the opposite. Is there is there a perf- uh, cologne that you wear that your wife loves? Nah, I don't really wear cologne anymore. Yeah, me neither. It, it, tur- it turned into like a waste of money. Mm-hmm. I think we we caught we all caught on to the gimmick and we're like, yeah, we don't need to spend $70 on some stinky water. Actually, I think when, when I smell cologne, I, I, I kind of laugh at the guy. I'm like, it's kind of cheesy. Like, it, it, I just think it's an outdated thing. And guys wear cologne in all the wrong places now. They'll wear it to the gym. What the fuck are you wearing cologne for at the gym? You're yeah. supposed to sweat. You're supposed to smell like sweat. You're, sus- you're supposed to smell like ass at the gym. You're not supposed to smell good. Guys aren't, yeah. at least. Yeah, exactly. It's but if you want to smell good or not stink, then put on some deodorant. That's about it. That's that. That's about it. So I'm a big like the, um, the Hispanics on the job site. Oh God, it's terrible. That's what you don't want to smell that at eight in the morning. Just overpowering of cologne. Oh, they were. I don't know why they wear it to work. They were a lot of cologne. Yeah, because um, they're yeah. Hispanics love their cologne. Italians yeah. love their cologne. Yeah, Italians too. Yeah, they they just love their cologne. And it, it, it's they overdose it, and I don't know if they don't know how strong it is or not, but it, it's so bad. I've, I've turned into a lotion guy because I, 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 like I said, I laugh at the cologne people. Um, but you know, back in the day, of course, you know, squirted your car or cool water or polo green bottle, gold top. Um, I think those are the go-to. I used to carry a, a, a bottle of Tommy Hilfiger in my car. That was yeah, me too. That was a good scent. But I mean, you, you know, you didn't leave home without it. You got, you got, you got to squirt before you go. You got to squirt before you go to work. You know, I mean, it's that's just how it is. That's, that was the old saying. That's what Brandon Brandon says every morning. <laughs> got to squirt, squirt before I jerk and get out of here. <laughs> got to squirt before I jerk and go to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how they. Now, women, on the other hand, different story. Women's perfume. There are scents that drive me insane like in a good way like i mean just there is something that rachel wears and i don't know what it is but when she puts it on i lose all my inabilities i mean like i i am i am the pheromone thing works so i'm just whatever you need let's get like like i'll like if we're going out and she puts that on i'm like we have to take some time 
I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. My girlfriend in high school had that too. There was a perfume that, that there's a certain smell. And I think every guy has got a scent, right? You know, because we're animals. Every guy's got a specific scent. Or maybe there's an overall scent that we all love. Who knows? Maybe that's why maybe this vabbing thing's working. By the way, this big girl that, that's on TikTok that's talking about this vabbing thing, at least in the story, she says that um, since she's been doing this, guys won't leave her alone. They can't, they can't, they can't, they can't stop getting enough of her. She's like, I haven't been on so many dates in my life because she's doing this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it works. I wonder where she wears it. Like, is she just going out to the mall where doing this or is she going to like maybe the nightclub or something? Yeah, she's that might make more sense. Walking out of her apartment, she's like, watch this. <laughs> and, and dude's just jumping up on her. <laughs> but she shows she doesn't show like her herself finger banging herself, but she just I guess she just talks about it. Right? Or does she? I don't know, does she? I think she just I can't remember. I think she just swipes, but I don't know if she shows it. Maybe she just puts it in her pants or something. You swipe left or swipe right? No, I swipe up. <laughs> down. Yeah. back to front or front oh, to back i can't not, remember which way you're not talking about the twin uh the the the, the dating apps no 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 <laughs> in the vabbing world we swipe up or we swipe down we don't swipe left or we don't swipe right <laughs> uh all right let me go back to this uh this this tennis tournament thing with the phones um this was the the weirdest thing i mean i know it's no secret that the the phones we we know or think that phones are listening to us right i mean has anyone proven that this is fact no it's not a fact okay you're saying it's not a fact no okay i'm not saying they can't i just don't it's not uh widely implemented on everyone's phone at all times okay i i don't know what the answer is but if i were to guess and play along with the conspiracy theorists i would without a doubt say that our devices are listening to us and can spy on us and, and all that good stuff. And I wouldn't put it past uh, our government to, to have something that, that spies on people, you know, through our devices. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, we've done crazier things over, over, over history. So the reason I bring this up, <clears throat> one of the days of the tournament, the tennis tournament uh, that I hosted, it, I think Jill, for I don't know why this, this came up. Like I had nothing to do with the conversation at the beginning, but I think Jill for or, or, or one of the other guys, Robin or someone, they brought up um, uh, killer whale attacks. Or maybe we were talking about Shark Week, and then it then it kind of merged into killer whales or something like that. And Jill, out of nowhere, starts talking about the Sealand whale attack in '91. And I said, I think that was in Orlando in like 96 or 97. And because I, I, I wasn't familiar with Sealand in, in 91. I'd never heard. I don't even think I heard of it before. And she's like, no, no, no. I, I know there was a whale attack in 91 at this place called Sealand. And I think it's in Canada. And I go, interesting. I, I'd never heard that before. Um, I did not. I did not have my phone on, on in, in my hand at all. Right. I, I wasn't using my phone. And. Usually I'll go and I'll research a story if I don't know about it, but I didn't have time in this case because I had to go and do some intros and stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, I was like, okay, agree to disagree because I don't know. You could be. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Uh, but I, I do remember that in the mid to late 90s, the attack 
the the trainer at SeaWorld, you know, where it grabbed her ponytail and yanked it back. That was that was oh, like, yeah. oh that was like less than ten years ago. Less than that was at SeaWorld though, right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, it was I believe the same one. To, it was Tillicum. That he came from Sealand. He exactly. So that's where that's where the conversation went. So it was the same damn killer whale that had been killing these trainers, you know, for a, you know years, right? Yeah. So I go, uh, the Orlando one is 2010. Was it really that? that I, I I thought it was late 90s. No, because I lived there when it happened, and I didn't move to Orlando till like ninety or two thousand seven. Oh, okay. Anyway, my point is, yeah. is uh, I come back up uh, to the booth and I get on my phone, and I have an app that it's like a news app, but I think I think it's a British app because the the way that they use s's and and they instead of mom, yeah. mother they say mum. There's z's, damn it. Yeah, there's z's, not s's, yo. <laughs> it's not reckon size. <laughs> And so the the top news, you know, there there's a section where there's different tabs at the top. You know, you can do sports and top news and barstool, uh, you know, and all that stuff. Different 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 topics. And so I always have it on top news. And then when I go to it, it usually refreshes every time. But if not, you just drag down and refreshes. You know what I'm talking about? The in the top three stories, they're talking about Sealand from '91. There was no update. I don't think or anything. It was just Sealand. There's just, just the story was in my, my news app. I'm like, how in the world is this in my news app? I've never, I didn't even know about the story or if I did, I don't remember it. I've never searched for it. I've never researched it. I've never talked about it up until now. I didn't even have my phone on me at the time. And I mean, I had it, it was in the room, but I, I didn't have it in my hand. Like I wasn't, she wasn't talking and I wasn't going to Google. Let's put it that way. That I'd understand. Um, it, it was just kind of spooky. Like th- that makes me believe that my phone is listening to me. It, it may, might not be spying on me, but it's the smart process of the smartphone is listening to me in order to search for things that I'm discussing. Why would it do that though? Like what would the benefit to that app be? Well, well, I don't, I don't even know if it's the. I guess it does have to be the app, but there, there's the 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 benefit would be it's a smartphone, so it's supposed to learn what you're doing, right? So if it can learn by listening to you, not only by what you type, then that makes it a super smartphone for the future, and you don't even have to type things in order to have them pop up on your phone. It's really scary. I mean, I'm not. This is all crazy nonsense, probably. I'm sure. <laughs> But, come on, let's be honest. How coincidental is that? I mean, it's such an odd story. It'd be different if it was Wall Street or something topical, COVID, you know, Biden, you know, because he got COVID again, and you know, or that medicine that he's taken from Pfizer, you know, like something like that. That would make sense because it's topical. This is from 1991. It's not even close to being topical. Yeah, but it's just... um it's just you recognizing it's uh it's called uh, it's like the Myers or batter Meinhof phenomenon or it's like the frequency illusion. And it's basically, you're just seeing something that you you're noticing something that you've just learned. So since you didn't know what Sealand was, when that story was going to pop up, you would have just scrolled by it. Cause you didn't know what the fuck it was. So you wouldn't have paid attention to it. But since you just learned about it, then you, it sticks out to you. 
I know what it's like if you're if you're looking for a new car and you're looking at a specific car and then you see that car everywhere. It's not like somebody was listening to you and people are driving that car in circles around your car. It just means that you're noticing that car out in public more often. Yeah, but there's no need for this story to pop up in the top news in this app. There's just no need for it. It's not top news. There is nothing new in the story about the story. Now, I would totally scream from the mountaintops coincidental if it said, you know, finally, we figured out what happened at Sealand in 1991. I'd be like, holy shit, we were just talking about that. That's crazy. But there was no update. There was nothing new. And it was in my top stories in this app. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, like, I can't even put it under the coincidental. Because there's coincidental would mean that there's a reason for that to be happening uh, on, in, in this side of things. And then... What happened because of what happened on this side? There's no reason for this to be happening, if that makes any sense. But it's Shark Week, so it kind of makes sense. It, well, yeah, it, yeah, you're right. It was the tail end of Shark Week, so okay, all right, I'll give you that. Um, but I mean, come on, you got to admit, a little weird, just a little bit. I mean, it's coincidental, but like I said, any, I mean, like I'm looking at. I just pulling up uh, yahoo.com. One of the top stories is about Baywatch's Donna, Donna D'Errico. I'm uh, talking about people are saying she's too old to wear a bikini. I'd probably scroll right by that. But if you and I were talking about Baywatch yesterday, we'd be like, holy shit, man, fucking Baywatch right on front page. Who knew? <laughs> you know. So I just saying, uh, yeah, it's just you, you recognizing it probably. Uh, I'm going to guess. The reason why that story's popping up in your feed, okay, on your computer, is because in the past 72 hours on social media, you saw a story about a really good-looking female hockey goalie, and she was in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I think she lives there, and she the, the post is something... Blah, 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 redoing Baywatch. You read that within the past 72 hours. Uh, I didn't, unless somebody else was on my, my device reading that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, she lives in Playa del Carmen, so maybe that's the time. So it's funny because I saw that the, the, the story with this woman. I'm like, holy shit, she's a hockey goalie? You've got to be kidding me. This woman is beautiful. So where do beautiful social media influencers go to live? Where Nate lives, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. I mean, it's like, it's the spot. If you're hot and you're young and you got a phone and you're on Instagram, you're moving to Playa del Carmen, Mexico, because that's where it's happening at. And it's all these beautiful women there that just walk. I mean, literally, when you go visit Nate and you walk down the street, half the people, you know, there's 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 a group that are tourists, enjoying themselves with their families. There's a group of people that live there, obviously, like Mr. and Mrs. Nate. And then you have a very large group that they don't see you. They just walk taking selfies the entire time. <laughs> yes. Where <laughs> they have something set up and they have like this, this minion, you know, that follows them. And they're like, we're going to set up here. We're going to do the photo. They're doing photo shoots with their phone, you know, on a little tripod. <laughs> it's like, we got enough. Con-. They, they use words like content. We got enough content for the next two weeks. We're, we're good. We got enough. And it's just them running in the bikinis and bouncing boobs and stuff and, I wish I was a hot guy. Like, I just want to know what it's like to go out there with your shirt off and have people take pictures of your body. 
Just want that. Yeah. For, I just want that for 10 minutes. Give me 10 minutes, God. God, <laughs> please, dear Lord, for 10 minutes, give me give me a hot body that somebody wants to take pictures of. And I would just want to I just want to know what the feeling is because I won't even take off my shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, I think about that, too. But then when I go to the gym, I see the same guys in there for like five hours and they just don't go outside until the weekend because they're in the gym all day. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that life. I'll take half dad bod. <laughs> what else do you think they do? eat kale i don't know <laughs> like it doesn't seem like they have a very entertaining life but i guess if you you don't drink and you only party on the weekends and um and you're just in the gym all week that's that's their life like spin the needle stay yeah. with needle <laughs> because there's a lot of dudes that are there in Playa Carmen doing the same thing right like good looking guys out there taking pictures of themselves Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't see the guys taking as many pictures of themselves, but the ladies definitely, even in the gym, you know, with the tripods and basically, I, I think in the future, I don't know, it depends on where athletic clothing goes, but if you look in the gym, like, chicks are just walking around in their underwear, basically. It's it's really weird, yeah. you know. It, it used to be just, oh, the sports bra, and then, you know, have some gym shorts. Now it's just they're basically wearing bikini bottoms or, like, panties. And they're just walking around almost half naked. So I'm not complaining, but it's it's different. <laughs> you 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 can't get those pants any tighter in the front. I promise no. you. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you yeah, not supposed to look? There's a camel living there. How are you not supposed to look? You know, like I work out with my wife all the time. But how are you not supposed to notice? I mean, it it's just human nature. Again, you know, doing the eye thing before looking at people's phones. If some girl barely has any clothes on. You know, like you would do the same thing if it were a guy. Like say every once in a while, you know, you'll see the guy that for whatever reason is wearing yoga pants or tight pants, like no no short no shorts over the pants, the compression pants and nothing. He doesn't realize he needs to wear shorts over the compression pants. And he's just look looking like a fucking wrestler or something. Then he's got this tank top that's maybe two strings, and he just thinks he's Mr. Jack. And when he usually they're not. And he, he's what, but you're going to look right now. Your yeah. wife sees you look at that guy. It's not a big deal. If they look at that guy, it's not a big deal, but you get caught looking at the girl whose vagina is, is swallowing her pants in the front, like a sinkhole. Then you get in trouble. Like it's your fault. Like how the yeah. fuck am I not supposed to notice that? Really? <laughs> yeah. And then even making eye contact with them accidentally, you feel bad. You're like, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to like look in your direction. I it's know. Like, Jesus. I, the, 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 the me too thing is, is, is weird. The, I, I made a comment about it this week, you know, in, in the filter, I gotta, I guess I gotta still be worried about that, but the, you know, at the beginning of each match, there's a coin toss, right? Um, this is for the Atlanta Open again that I hosted last week and I do every year. But so there's a coin toss and there's they bring somebody out. It could be a kid, it could be, you know, somebody uh, in one of the sponsors or of importance or whatever the case may be. And throughout the week, it's always fine. There's it never goes wrong. There's always there's like I introduce them they're doing the ceremonial coin tosses, blah blah blah. But um, there was this one night or day. Where this woman goes out there, young girl, uh, I mean, of age, but young girl, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. And she goes out there, she does the coin flip, I announce her name and stuff like that. Afterwards, they get a picture, and it's the coin flipper, the chair umpire, and the players. And I noticed, this was the only time I noticed it throughout the week, the hotter the girl, the more afraid people are to touch them. So... Throughout the week, everybody was hands behind the back. You know, let's take a picture. Everybody get in. This is fun. And just didn't think twice about it. 
But with her, these tennis players literally had their arms around her, but they didn't touch her. <laughs> it was weird. They're just hovering. Yeah, it was, they were just hovering. And they both did it like they were trained to do it, which I'm sure they probably were. Um, but nobody would touch the girl like to put her. Everybody else was fine, but just not this girl because she was really beautiful. But everybody else, all the other women that went out there, they were fine. They would put their arms around them. It would not be a big deal. But the younger and the hotter the girl is, you don't touch them. Isn't that sad that it's like that? Yeah. Well, and part of it might be the pandemic. You know, a lot of people don't like to be touched still. Um, but, yeah, obviously that is uh, – It's and I, you know what I think ruined it was um, – that was it Taylor Swift that yes. said that the radio guy grabbed her butt or whatever. It, it didn't look like it to me. It looked like he just had his arm. I don't really know the whole story, but, um, but I think anybody is afraid of that now. Cause if you're even, let's say the guy didn't do it, maybe he was just putting his hand behind her back and he hit her on accident or something. I mean, you gotta be worried about that now as somebody who's maybe a famous tennis player. He, she, she sued him for a dollar and she won. Taylor and, Swift. Yeah. And she was making a point. Um, I agree with you. I, I don't, you know, I know a lot of radio people and there's some weird radio people. There's no doubt about it, but I don't know if this guy would stupidly, yeah, stupidly jeopardize his reputation in his career in that world because he, he's a country guy. Country guys aren't like that, you know, and, and to, to grab her ass. I mean, it was an ass, if he did, touch her ass it was i think an accident i don't think the guy i don't know the guy but i just find that very hard to believe like i've taken a million pictures with a million different celebrities and not once did i ever say you know and good looking girls not once did i ever say i'm grabbing her ass and you watch this <laughs> i'm gonna be a big deal yeah, yeah. Doesn't work like and that. it doesn't seem like a bit they did on the show like oh you know a bit 10 bucks you won't grab her ass like that that's not what they were doing so yeah i don't know why you would do this it wouldn't make sense now so i think it was taylor swift that got uh overly uh feminism the the overly overly feminism kick it's like, who can yeah. I bring down today? <laughs> <laughs> well, and maybe it's happened to her before, and and this guy just happened to brush her, and then, you know, she thought it was, she's like, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm tired of my butt being grabbed, which I don't know how you get tired of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, we, we do such knee-jerk reactions in this country, and, and when there's a new thing, you know, whether it's Me Too or, or diversity or, or whatever it is, and, and I'm not trying to downplay how important these things are, I, I do understand that there's a, a far extreme this way and a far extreme that way. But what we always have a tendency to do as a society is we try to take that pendulum and, 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 and knee jerk it all the way over. So if it's all the way over on this side, we want to yank it all the way over to the other side instead of putting it in the middle that's your happy medium. That's why it's called a happy medium because it's in the middle, you know, not over to the right or over to the left. And I'm not talking politically. I'm just saying way over there, way over there, you know, with the me too stuff, it was like, there are some bad people out there that needed to burn at the stake. Harvey Weinstein to be, to, to, to be exact, Bill Cosby, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, all these guys were, were just, they, they got away with shit for way too long. There's no doubt about it. But then there are guys out there that aren't like that, that are just trying to meet somebody and might be a little nervous or, or, or awkward even. And they might say something or do something. It doesn't mean they're a pedophile or a creep or, or a rapist or a murderer. 
you're just a dude that screwed up, you know? I mean, but but because we've swung that pendulum so far to one side, um the the the, the, these guys burn they, they burn at the stake and they, their reputation is done you know so, yeah it's, yeah it's sad but yeah i i do the same thing now if we were uh back in the studio with hot chicks i'd probably hover my hands too or just real gently that's just one, on that's one of my favorite radio stories uh, of of taking a picture with a girl is, is jessica simpson and jessica simpson came in right after her and nick lachey broke up and and I was producing at the time. I was on a morning show on Top Forty Station, and and she was wearing this brown jumpsuit, one piece jumper. She looked so hot. I'd always been a Jessica Simpson fan, and Irresistible had just come out. That album, you know, it's like I got a t shirt on or whatever it is. And she was with one of her dancers and her dad, Joe, I think's his name. And and she comes in, and then afterwards we take pictures, and she puts her arm around me. And while we're taking the picture, she's tickling my lower back. And I'm like, dude, this girl wants me. This girl is all about the kid, right? So I was like, yeah, see you around, Jess. You know, take care. Nice nice to see you. So I was like, God, man, maybe I missed my moment with Jessica Simpson. Who knows? So she leaves uh, years later, years and years later. I mean, we're talking like seven, eight years later. I need to hire a DJ because I'm getting married. This is my first wife. So we go to uh, one of these bridal conventions or something, and we run into my buddy Jay, who, who's been in radio in Orlando for quite some time. And he also is a, a, a wedding DJ. I think he also owns a limousine, too. He does a million different things. Greatest guy in the world. Nicest nicest human being you could ever possibly meet. And he's he's got on his table all these pictures of celebrities that he's met He's doing it to impress some clientele. Like, this guy's the big deal. I get what he's doing. And I'm like, this is cool. It's like, hey, Jay, and I didn't know him very well at the time. We knew of each other, and that, that was the extent of it. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm getting married. I was like, you know, you, you want to do you want to do anything? It's like, oh, I, I, I remember that day. She came over and saw you guys too, huh? He's like, yeah, Jessica Simpson, that was cool. I was like, oh, my God, let me tell you. When she came to our studio, she took a picture. Um, that, you know, that girl wanted me. I mean, she she really wanted me. She's t- scratching my back and this, this, that. And he starts to laugh. And I said, why is that funny? Because I was telling it kind of, ha, ha, he, he, you know, my wife's here. But, you know, it's true. I'm kind of a big deal because Jessica Simpson scratched my back. Obviously, she's flirting with me. He's like, yeah, she did the same thing with me and the other producers on our show, too. From, from what I hear, she does that with everybody she takes pictures oh, with. I'm like, mother. What a hussy. Fuck her. I was like, you couldn't have just... Just could have kept that to yourself and let me keep my story. Maybe it makes the story better because of the payoff of, hey, Bailey, you dumbass. She does that to everybody. <laughs> oh, man. She's the Hooters waitress of the celebrities. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a tease. <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn Jessica Simpson. What a tease. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, you need another Bud Light? How you doing? <laughs> it's, it's funny um, watching people. You know, when you go to a football game or you go to a basketball game or, or any arena game, you know, and, and you watch the crowd react to, to the music and the DJs and stuff like that, it's, I don't think you pay much attention to it because you're just kind of in the moment. But when you're on my side of things and you have a microphone and you have to execute these things, it's funny what people get into. And it's funny what people don't get into. Like I, one of my problems is it's always been a, a problem, a creative problem 
is I try to outthink myself. Um, I'm always striving to be as different as possible. And sometimes I'll go to the extreme of wanting to be so different and doing whatever it is differently, so differently that it just is bad. Like it's just a bad idea. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Um, but in this, in the stadium world, you know, you, you want to, in any world, you keep it simple, stupid, but the stadium world, especially, you know, you do the cams, you got the emoji cam, you got the kiss cam, you got this cam, you got that cam, you know, and then the music is run by a guy and it's, it's kind of like, you know, stadium music. It's, it's throwback music. It's, it's bobbing head music. It's, it's hyped up music, that kind of thing. But it's just. I'm looking around at some of the stuff, and we do like the same stuff every year. I'm going, it's 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 hard to find things that are entertaining for a stadium because you know even now more than ever, like you can't do the kiss cam anymore, right? That's 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 out the door. You you can't do that. Yeah, probably with COVID, <clears throat> with COVID, and then also always the joke was they'd put it on two right. guys and be like, oh, oh, oh. Um, and then now they're making out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back in the day when you could make fun of gays <laughs> in a stadium on the jumbotron, where <laughs> you would have the guy like try to kiss a stranger, and and then she'd be like, "No, what are you doing? Now that's assault, you know." And and you're serving three to five, uh, and it's not funny anymore. But before it was funny because we all had a fucking sense of humor and we knew it was a joke. We knew it was a bit, but you can't do the bits anymore because even people take the bit seriously. So, and then you, you can't use that as an excuse anymore either. You can't say it was a bit. It's yeah, not after Jenny Jones. <laughs> yeah, really, exactly. So, um, but, you know, the, the YMCA thing, believe it or not, all this stuff still works. You know, the, the old stuff, we do like dumb little, tri- where we did like dumb little trivia, like movie trivia, he's smarter than a fifth grader and, you know, and I, I've got to do my best to make it as entertaining as possible. I just am always wondering, like, what people are thinking of me. You know, it's like, I didn't write this shit. You know, I, right. I, I, I didn't do it. Um, but I'm always the one to blame because I have the microphone. And I'm always wondering what people in the arena think of me, the one that has to execute. You know, do you know what movie this is? And it's the, you know, do you like apples? Well, how about them apples? I got our phone number seen from Goodwill Hunting. Everybody, yeah. knows, everybody knows that. And then the options are up on the board, and you're like, no, it's not Jaws. I know it's not Jaws. You know, it's, it's just so silly. You know, it's not, you know but uh, people, I guess, they, they they still enjoy stuff like that. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I don't think they would judge you because, like, when I go to a Braves game and they do that stupid thing where the, the tools run around the, mm-hmm. the, the baseball stadium or whatever, yeah. I, I'm – I think it's kind of silly, but I'm not like, I can't believe that guy's putting the shit on again. You know, I, I'm thinking you think like the organization or the company or wherever you're at. So I don't think they think you're doing it, hopefully, but I, I wouldn't look at it like that. I like the tool game. I, I think that's that's really, really clever. Why? It, it makes no sense. Like, let's know. put these guys in giant tools and have them run around and fall down. Like, it's just so odd. It doesn't make any sense to me. It makes sense because it's Home Depot and Home Depot's the sponsor. And those are four, four tools from Home depot that are running and they look goofy and it's funny you're laughing like you can laugh at the the made-up tool it's not a person you know so you're clear there and they cheat and they trip each other and they push each other it's just a comedy bit i think it's funny i think it's brilliant that and i think the other thing the braves do uh the braves is a really good experience the really really good experience 
Um, the the freeze guy, the dude that runs, and nobody can catch him, right? I don't think anybody's right. ever caught him before, have they? Or no, maybe one or two, yeah. maybe a couple people have, right? We went last Sunday, and the uh, the guy beat Freeze. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. It was wow. fast. But, I mean, they gave him a head start because I guess if not, they'd be winning every time. They gave him a big head start. They gave him, like, yeah. a 20-yard head start. Yeah, it was close, too. He always either either beats him or it's really close. It's never, like, a blowout. Yeah, I think. What kind of guy beat him? Was he, like, a, do you like, look athletic? I look like just some white dude in his 30s. Just out there really? in a Braves jersey and shorts and tennis shoes. <laughs> really? They wouldn't dig or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the freeze guy is like some ex-collegiate like track athlete, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, he's like, he looks like uh, the guy in The Incredibles. Yeah, he does. <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think they pay him for that? To run every game? I mean, he's just got to run a 100-yard dash, right? Give or take. Free gas for a year. But what do you think they pay him? Was that on Google? Can you Google like that? Like a thousand a game? No. Be pretty good. No. You they're, so? they're not paying him. A th- you know how many baseball games, home games that those guys play? Yeah, probably like eight. Oh, I guess that'd be a lot of money. Yeah. 80,000 to run around the field. No, they're not paying him. Part of the field. No, 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 no. Uh, I, and I, they, I guess, yeah, they, he wouldn't be an employee of the Braves. They, he would be a self-contracted employee. Uh, self-contracted guy. So they're paying him. I'm saying they're giving him uh, free Braves tickets. There's going to be a barter trade. I'm going to say he gets free Braves tickets, probably gets some perks with the Braves organization, gets like parking and all that stuff. And I'm going to say they pay him 250 a game. No more than that. Yeah, maybe like yeah, 200 and then like some free slushies because it's a racetrack sponsor, right? Yes, because he's freeze. He's the freeze. Freeze. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, race. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't find anything where how much he makes, but his name is Nigel Talon. Ooh. He's a, he's 26 year or I guess he was 26 a couple years ago. So he's probably early 30s now. Oh, that's why he's losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he ran, it looks like he ran track in, uh, in college, they should have kept him his his identity a mystery. That would be even cooler. Like who's the yeah. who's the freeze? Who's the freeze? You know, have him sign an NDA, and you know that that'd be cool. And then they have a big unveiling, like when he retires, or they just swap him out, like Menudo. You know, when Menudo starts to grow hair, they got rid of him. They they put him down behind the barn, and they got a younger Hispanic guy to replace him without hair. You know, maybe maybe they just maneuver the situation. Like, God, Freeze looks just a little different, but God, he's gotten faster. <laughs> it says, I don't know if this is right. It's on ZipRecruiter. It says um, the Freeze salary in Atlanta. So I don't know how accurate it is, but it says forty two thousand dollars a year. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it's not, not a bad gig. You just, I mean, how many baseball games are there? Like three hundred? No, there's two to two uh, two hundred. No, it's like 170, 162, I think. 100, 162, yeah, 162, yep. 162. And then out of those, you're playing 80, give or take, home games. Yeah, 81. Okay, so 81 home games. So 81 into, would you say, 42,000? Like 500 yeah. run. It's pretty good. Um, Four, five, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like four or 500 bucks a run, yeah. 
That's not too bad. And then the winner, get, if they beat him, gets $100. Um, so maybe he he only gets like four hundred bucks if they beat him. <laughs> it's coming out of your check now if you don't beat him. Yeah, that's why he's running fast. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Murphy's there with five one hundred dollar bills. He says, "This one could be yours, or this one could be his." <laughs> he just has them laid out on a table. He goes, "All right, freeze. Go do your thing. <laughs> go do y'all <laughs> thing." Uh, all right, so uh, the tournament's over. It's done with uh, a couple things I just wanted to point out. Nothing crazy happened. Uh, the the you know the, the rain was the rain. The my court caddy stuff did uh, did did okay. I mean it did 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 pretty good. Um, made a lot of good contacts, including possible retailers that were going to want to carry it. Which nice. is yeah, which is kind of neat. You know, I've never done the. The selling something on site was, you know, using the square thing. I've never done that before. And I wasn't doing it. It was actually my, my wife and, and my daughter and her friends. They helped out tremendously this week. Um, but, no, we did not invite the girl back from last year that wanted to get paid and had her dad message me. She she, she was not invited back. Uh, but the, the square thing's kind of cool, you know? You just a little tap, and you get the thing, and then I get, I'm up in the booth, and I get a notification that says, hey, you just made X amount of dollars, and you can instantly, yeah, it's kind of neat. I don't know. It's, I, I was like, what's neato? <laughs> I was all tickled. <laughs> I was like, I would tell everybody, like, I just made a sale. I just made a sale. Uh, Brandon Bailey's getting all excited. And the homeless dudes have these things at this point to take money from people. <laughs> like, we landed on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't necessarily the technology. It was just the idea of selling something. The technology yeah. doesn't blow me away. It's just the idea of I'm somewhere else and she's somewhere else and she makes a sale and I get a notification and I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> like, I just got money in my bank account. That's so cool, even though I'm like way in the hole. But still, I just made money. I'm down with that. That's pretty cool. All right, you ready for your Mexico moment, Nate? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Arriba, arriba. And now a Mexico moment with Nate. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Mexico Moment with Nate, sponsored by Furry Family Comfort Care. Stephanie is a registered veterinary technician certified in hospice and palliative care for dogs and cats. With over 20 years experience, they have things like mobile and virtual assessments. Do I need to take my dog or cat to the vet for this? Uh, you can get a personal nurse for your fur baby that can collaborate with your vet to ensure the best care for your pet. And now mention 50% off your first appointment, whether it be consultation about your pet's health, hospice consult called laser therapy, or 50% off one night for your dog or cat at the Furry Family Comfort Care Resort. You can find Furry Family Comfort at FurryFamilyCC.com. That's FurryFamilyCC.com. Yeah, we love Stephanie. She's good people. All right, good. All right, so um, this happened when we were in Cabo, and so we stayed at this place. It was Airbnb, but it was it ended up being a hotel. Um, so it was really nice. Had a, a rooftop pool. There's a restaurant, gym, like all, all this stuff. So it was great. And where it was set is like kind of back in Cabo a little bit, like starting to, you know, like um, any mountainous area where like there's houses built up the mountain. So we're kind of like half up this mountain. So we had a beautiful view of the city and the ocean and everything. And 
Um, so we really enjoyed the rooftop pool and, you know, behind us is the mountain in front of us is just this great view. So Alexis and I hung out there a, a lot, uh, daytime and nighttime. We we're going to the pool during the day. And then at night we'd go up there and just actually there was like a baseball field or a baseball stadium. We could watch this baseball game from the, the roof of our hotel. It was kind of cool. Um, but then we'd go up there at night and we'd smoke and then, and we'd also go up there in the day and smoke. But when we were up there, Alexis is like, I think there's something back there, like in the, in the mountain and in the, up the mountain, it's just, it's rocks and these like scraggly trees. And, uh, and there's um, a couple cactuses and there's a few like stray dogs. That I see kind of running around down by behind the hotel, like the foot of the mountain. So I'm like, that's probably just one of those dogs. There's nothing. Else. She's like, no, I think I see something up there. I'm like, yeah, sure you do. And, uh, and so you this happened. you've been smoking too much marijuana wife. You lie. You don't see anything. <laughs> so this happens two days in a row. And I'm like, there's nothing like, what, what do you think is up there? She's like, I don't know. I just hear something and I see something up there. And I'm like, you're, you're crazy. And this third day I, she's, she's like, there, there it is. Do you see it? And there's this, this little cave, like, like a dot up there. And so I get my phone out and I'm zooming way in and I keep zooming and zooming and I zoom into this cave and we see this like shadowy figure popping out of this cave and, and it's like kind of sitting there for a while. And then as soon as I think it sees us, it puts his hand in front of his face and turns back and goes back into the cave. And so I think Alexis and I discovered the Mexican Sasquatch yeah. um, because you, the, it just popped out of this cave. And when you see when I zoom out, it's, it's way up there. So I don't know how she recognized this, uh, this figure up there in the, this hole up in the cave, but it's kind of creepy. I don't I sent you guys the video. Have you seen it yet? Yeah. I'm watching it right now. That's not Sasquatch. That's a guy. That's a Mexican man. Just in a, living in a cave on a mountain yeah. in, in front of a, a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what that is. That's a, I think it's Chupacabra. That's that's it. No, that is a man in a cave, and he lives there. That's fucking crazy, though. Holy right? shit! <laughs> Look how high he is. Oh my when I zoom out. God, dude, he's like just it's it's just it's a hole in the mountain. <laughs> yeah, right. And he lives there. Like, yeah, the guy. You can tell. Like, I'm. I don't know the man, but you can tell the guy lives there. He looked outside like that was his house, and he just woke up. Yeah, he's like, get out of my front yard. But it's even crazier that for two days she was trying to tell you this, and you, you're like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I just thought I was one of these dogs running around. I'm like, well, I'm sure there's a dude living in a cave. No, I don't know. He you can't really see him. I think he's real hairy. So I, I'm still going with Sasquatch. No, he's got a <laughs> shirt around his waist. Well, Sasquatch is resourceful. <laughs> it's definitely a guy that lives in a cave, though. That, that I mean, that's cool in itself. It's not Sasquatch. That's, 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 that's. Okay. The Mexican, well, Mexican Sasquatch. Even though there no. was, there were, two, like, in the last week, there were, like, two different supposed really good pictures. I mean, I've seen the pictures. I don't know if they're docked, though, uh, of Sasquatch. Pretty good, actually. Really? I, don't know. I have to look those really, up. Really, really good. Maybe it's in Cabo. Yeah. There's another, there's a Loch Ness story this week too. See, yeah, that's another thing that pops up in my news feed. All these Bigfoot Loch Ness stories and stuff like that. And they said that they've discovered what Loch Ness, the Loch Ness monster what is what probably is the Loch Ness monster, which is a prehistoric fish that they've found bones of. And that's cool too. 
But this yeah, guy, I read, this guy's yeah. cool. How did you not go down to the cave and talk to him? Fuck that. <laughs> this guy's crazy. He's he's in a, a beautiful city and he decides to live in a cave instead of a house. You can, he's not he's not all there. You could say the same thing for somebody that buys a, an apartment in downtown Atlanta. What are you crazy? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> are you doing? Why why you're talking to don't talk to those people. They're nuts, you know? <laughs> I want to see what the inside of that cave looks like. He might have it all remodeled and everything and have a bench carved out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like that movie Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. It's probably like a fully built out, like, 50s apartment. <laughs> we thought the end was coming. <laughs> you, you get you get to the threshold. He's like, hey, welcome to my crib. Come on in. Why is exhibit on your rock couch? <laughs> <laughs> He, he talks all eloquently. Hey, man, welcome to my crib. Come on in. I've been waiting yeah. for you. I've been, I've been watching you guys the last couple of days. I was like, I think I see something up there. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Here, come all over to the rotunda. <laughs> How far does this go back? Oh, it goes way back. All the way. I mean, we can go. We can walk to San Diego from here. It, it's all underground. <laughs> it's going to be a hotel. Cabo Canyons. Welcome. You're walking by, there's like a pavilion of shops and different people. Like, hey, Bill, how you doing? Yeah, I just met. These are some guys from the outside. Yeah, gotcha. Get him some goat milk. Come on over. What Have if, a drink. What if you discovered uh, an entryway? You know, I mean, you know the theory of there's people that live in the core of the earth, right? Right. Okay. And they're mean people. And they calls 911 uh, or 911, 911, 911. And they, they do a lot of things and they go back to the middle earth but they're just a bunch i guess a bunch of dicks they're a society of dicks <laughs> it just cause <laughs> trouble um that's a theory what if you found uh, a hole to 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 a multiverse like and this this yeah. person was in it it could be the gatekeeper yeah the gatekeeper the, the crab people at the center of the earth i can't did you <laughs> did, what did not any part of you want to go to the to the cave no oh no way are you are you going to Homeless camps in Atlanta just to go explore. No, you don't know what's happening down there. The, oh, oh, hold oh, on. As, as a kid, I did all the time. I'd explore homeless camps all because I had a four wheeler and I'd go go in go in and out of them. I just thought I was fascinated with them. There was like a couple of them in Naples, and we would just drive around. And then there were people that lived in the woods in Naples, and we would go to we drive by their camps too. Totally not safe. Definitely never a good idea. Um, but we used to do it because we were in four wheelers and we're kids and we were 12 years old and thought that we were immune to anything, including other men's penises in our buttholes. Uh, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just got lucky, I guess. But this one, I don't know if I could have passed up. How far away was it from your, from your place? I mean, you like, if you see in the video, you see how far I zoom out. It's at like the top of this mountain. So it's not distance far, but it's elevation far. Like you'd have to hike up this thing and go see them. And you got that zoom on your camera on your phone? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll zoom way in. Yeah. But yeah. It reminds me of this. There's this uh homeless camp at, in Atlanta downtown. I think it's like uh eighty five and twenty. And it's in between the um the different highways when they're mixing together, you know, mm-hmm. kinda in that center area. And they have uh, a bow flex down there. So they're down there like working out in their, their little homeless camp. Isn't there a isn't there a a, a Marta Marta nearby? Marta station nearby? Uh, kinda not right nearby because this is like in between the highways. I, I, um, I know which one you're talking about. I've driven by it before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Marta does go on the. There's like a bridge that goes over it. Yeah, I I know. What you, and there's always like things that you would have in your house outside. 
Yeah. 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 Just strange. It's all, it's, at it's least all, they're getting some exercise. It's almost like a community, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Got to do something. Mm-hmm. You ain't living somewhere. You got to, you got, hey, look, all the power to you, you're getting your, you're getting your workout on and you found a Bowflex. That's tight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Cabo Cave Kevin's wishing he had a Bowflex up in that cave. Cabo Cave Kevin. <laughs> Carlos. Car- yeah, I was going to say, he's probably not a Kevin. Yeah, he's more of a Carlos. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. All right. Uh, have you researched holes in caves, Cabo, you know, or holes in mountains? You know, is it a Yeah, thing? when I when I search holes in mountains, it just comes up with caves. So it's <laughs> a lot of help. <laughs> That's what, Oh, I got it. There's a job. Hold on. Punny joke, and then we'll get to our guest here. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you guys this. This is a dad joke, it's hilarious. Uh, oh, mountains are not funny, they are hill areas. Oh, that's pretty funny. Is that not funny? That's yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's that's good. Hill, get, funny that that would have been man. a curse to joke island or whatever they call it now. Yeah, did, did you get it, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, because well, it's hill. There's hills, areas, hilarious. Hilarious. There you go. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. the joke. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody got it. That's funny. That's clever. Whoever came up <laughs> with it, really funny. That's good. All right. Let's talk to our guests, shall we? Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, WatkinsLawFirm.LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. In Georgia, if someone doesn't perform under a contract, the usual remedy is money. While in some cases you can have the court order them to perform, usually they won't because indentured servitude is not a thing anymore. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, watkinslawfirm.llc, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. I'm so happy that so many of you enjoy Nubertese Men's Wellness League's uh, practitioner, Diane Spiva, when she comes on the podcast. I think it's great. You know, I've been going to Nubertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs, Georgia, for well over a year with testosterone maintenance, but they do so much more than that. With a weight loss program, sexual health, pain and joint management, Nubertese Men's Wellness League is a men's wellness facility for guys and guys only. Guys, as you get older, your body starts to break down. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. Just pop into Nubertese Men's Wellness League in Sandy Springs or go online to menswellnessleague.com and schedule a phone call just to see where you're at. It could possibly save your life. That's a true story actually happened to a listener, right? So right now, the Wellness Combine, get it for 99 bucks. That's $200 off the regular pl- uh, price. Plus, mention the BS Podcast and get 10% off that price. But you got to mention the BS Podcast. Go to menswellnessleague.com. Hit that schedule button. Son of a bitch. I just called to say you should subscribe to The Bailey Show, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. A little while back, a buddy of mine who works for Hot Wheels asked me to be a judge for these tours that they do around the world. 
where they ask people to bring out their custom builds and then they pick a winner to be a Hot Wheels car. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. So I went out there, again, not a big car guy. And I go out there and it was like nostalgia just slapped me in the face. I remembered all the Hot Wheels that I had. I saw this community that was extremely passionate about the Hot Wheels cars and collecting them and building them. It was a whole new world for me. I thought it was cool. And the one thing, one of the things that I learned that day was that, because I, I would ask people, what is the rarest Hot Wheels car out there? And they all said the same thing with a different story behind it. Uh, it's the Pink Beach Bomb prototype. And there's a guy that has it. Hence this conversation with Bruce Pascal. Uh, and that's why I wanted uh, to hunt you down, Bruce, is because that day I heard five different stories about the story behind the prototype, and I wanted to know what the real story was. So how are you, Bruce? I'm doing great. Good morning. Hope you're having a great day so far. So far, so good. Um, so before we get into that, a little bit about you. You, uh, From what I read, you, uh, you're in real estate, commercial real estate, right? Yep, I'm a commercial real estate agent in the Washington D.C. Okay, um, 61 years old, yeah. which means I was born in '61, and Hot Wheels came out in '68 when I was seven. So I love the word prototype. I was the prototypical kid yeah. who played with Hot Wheels when they came out in 1968. That's so cool. You were right in that wheelhouse, and so you from you know from 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 the get go at seven, you're collecting Hot Wheels, but you're not a collector at seven. Did your parents, your dad? Have any influence on you saying, you know, like, son, one of these days, these things are going to be worth a lot of money. Well, actually, I'll blow you away with the answer. My grandfather yeah. was the archivist at the National Archives in charge of the history of transportation. Wow. And he started collecting toy cars in 1948. OK, so. Wow. That's great. So it was in my DNA to be a collector. Yeah. But at the age of seven, I wasn't a collector. I was just a kid. Yeah. So. I saved all my Hot Wheels and put them in a cigar box. And when I was probably about 10 or 11 years old, 1970, 71, I put them away. Hmm. And then in 1999, my parents gave me back that, that cigar box cleaning out the house. And within six months, I was running ads, buying Hot Wheels, full-time collector. I only have one gear. It's straight on the floor all the way. Yeah. And then uh, within seven months of starting the collecting, I ended up buying the rarest Hot Wheel in the world, the pink rear loader beach bomb. And the reason why this one is so rare and it was a prototype is because when they made it, the idea, and it's it's this pink, you know, kind of surfer van, but the surfboard's hanging out the back of it. They didn't think this one through, that it wasn't going to roll properly because the distribution of weight is off. So there's one, two of these out there? So you, you got the story perfectly correct. They made the Volkswagen bus, which is like such a California culture yeah. item. And then they tested it in all of the Hot Wheels accessories. And it kept falling down <laughs> as it went through all these different accessories and around the track. And um, then they said, we got to stop production. So about 50 of these very skinny, tall buses were made. And only two of them were ever found. And I actually owned both of them at one time in pink. Wow. Pink was a color that they thought girls could eventually buy Hot Wheels. But boys ended up hitting them with hammers, putting firecrackers on them, smashing them. And they weren't really a great success. But today they're considered the prettiest color. They're cool and they're super rare. They never made as many pinks of anything. So, And this one is the best condition. 
And it's actually a prototype of a prototype because it's got the old top and a new bottom because it was kind of an in-between piece to see if they could test it. So it's a pretty cool piece. It's super rare. It's one of one, basically. Well, you said they made 50 of them at the plant. Two were in existence that every that y'all know of. But, you know, because, I mean, every kid was blowing up cars with the MAs yeah. and stuff like that. But there there is a chance that more of these are out there. So interesting, you made a great point. 50 rear-load beach bombs prototypes have been found. From research, and I've done a lot of research, I think about 144 were made. But 94 are lost at the moment. So there's a chance tomorrow somebody could pull out a bucket of 10 of them. Right. I'd probably be pretty upset if that was found. But uh, <laughs> there's always a chance, and there's new things found all the time. By the way, there's only one known when I bought this car. And then one day I was interviewing a former Mattel employee. He goes, I think I got one in my attic. <laughs> After six months of bugging him, he goes, I found it. And then it was another pink. So wow. you're absolutely correct. You know, just like people are searching for the shipwrecks of the gold coins in the bottom of the ocean, yeah. you know, maybe somewhere in California in some former employee's garage is another pink rear loader beach bomb. How much did you pay for it? Over 50, less than 100. Let's keep it that way. The rumored price was 72. I signed the non-disclosure. Uh-huh. At the time, an absolute record for the most ever paid for a Hot Wheel by over double, at least, if not triple. Okay. Can you see how much it's worth now? My guess is it's probably about 175 to 200,000, mm-hmm. but I keep changing that number because I heard yesterday the rarest Pokemon card sold for $4 million. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And I think there's more people that played with Hot Wheels than Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a feeling the reason it's hard to tell its value is because I haven't really put it for sale. So sometimes I'm tempted, throw it on Sotheby's, and maybe it'll hit a million dollars. Yeah. But the reality is I kind of enjoy owning it. So I think I'm going to keep it for a while. Yeah. I always say that about my collectibles as well as if I don't, you know, if I'm not in destitute, I don't need the money, yeah. not, you know, to keep put food on the table for my family or something. And I can enjoy my nostalgia pieces and they have value, which is just an extra added bonus yeah. to it. Then I'm not going to, to part with it, but I still haven't gone through uh, I, I'm still trying to find certain things that I have that I know are of value from when I was a kid. Now, when I was a kid, Bruce, I had every, you know, I'm 47 years old, so I'm kind of an 80s baby. Or I am an 80s baby. Um, as far as my my seven, eight years of yeah. age coming into my growing uh, years of toys, I had every Star Wars original, every G.I. Joe original. Well, not the 70s, but the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the 80s version. Uh, every Transformer, every Smurf, and I had a good amount of comic books as well as Atari 2600. When I was in seventh grade, never forget this. My mother, without me knowing, having I knew she was having a garage sale, but I didn't know she was uh, selling all of my toys. <laughs> and people were uh, buying, you know, the you know, ship away, Sergeant Slaughter, G.I. Joe figure, the emperor that you had to get the UPS codes to buy, to get, you know, for yeah. like a nickel and a dime for each of them. And I was furious. And by the time I saw them, they, most of them were all gone. So I'm now recollecting yeah. the original lineup of, of the, the Kenner Star Wars action figures. But I, I'm with you. I think it's, if you can get it, that, that's, that's great. Now, what, the reason... 
you know, the big reason why I wanted to hunt you down, because I heard like five different stories that day when I was out doing this judging for the Hot Wheels. I heard a guy say, oh, my God, it just doesn't exist. Somebody says they saw it one time. It's, yeah. it's valued at $350,000. And I run into this guy that's pulling this little uh, red flyer wagon around with you know, these, these Hot Wheels cars that he trades out. I guess you, you yeah. trade him. He doesn't sell them. You trade them. And I said, you know, what's the rarest? Which I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear his story. He goes, oh, man, the pink, you know, beach bomb. Yeah. You know, put and he's like, uh, and I said, I heard nobody knows who has it. He goes, oh, that's not true. I know who has it. He's a good friend of mine. And I, I don't know if he said your name or not. And he goes, yeah. it's valued at about $2 million. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. what's yeah. the story? He's like, but I can't tell you his name because we, we don't want anybody to know he has it. Yeah. I, I hope it's worth $2 million, you know. And, uh, but, you know. You know, the, the, the story was pretty simple is a guy named Chris Marshall found the former employee who had hundreds of old cars. And then he actually knew this car was super rare because rear loaders have always been sort of like the onus Wagner of, of, of our, you know, baseball cards for, for, for cars, hot wheels. And uh, he ran a big full page ad in these diecast magazines for sale, 72,000. And I read an article in the paper that it sold for 72000 And I told my wife, I said, you know what? I would have bought that car. Darn, because I'm collecting Hot Wheels. And my dream was always to own the killer car. Mm. I collected coins. And I remember as a kid going down to my dad, Dad, we need to buy the 1804 Silver Dollar. And he's like, well, how much is it? It's 100000 And my dad looked at me like 1969. Are you crazy? <laughs> um, and, and today that coin's worth like $2 million, right? <laughs> and... I said, if this is an opportunity for less than 100 grand to get the rarest toy, and by the way, it's the number one boys' toy in the history of the world. Really? So I said, you know what? I, 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 too bad. I, I, I was depressed. And then three months later, I read an article that the deal didn't go through, that the guy's waiting, but he already bought a Dodge Viper with the money. So I found out he had a deposit. So I ended up making a deal where he applied that deposit. I ended up buying the car, and uh, we made the deal. And uh, I've owned it now. I can't believe it for over two decades, over 20 years. And um, it's a thrill. I've loaned it to the Peterson Museum, which is like the Mecca of car museums in California. Mm. And it was on display for over a year. I've loaned it to the Children's Museum. I've had it on display at car shows. On one of the Legends tours that you were the judge, I was a judge in New York. I brought it with me. Uh, but now it's kind of scary because you're kind of scared getting on the plane. You don't want the guy from the uh, TSA <laughs> taking it out and dropping it on the ground, you know? Have you ever thought about putting together, I mean, this would be a money-making idea for you, but I, I saw the Hot Wheels community and they are, yeah. they're passionate. I thought it would, yeah. I, I love seeing anyone excited about something that's fun, safe, harmless to other people, just innocent. I love seeing that. It, it just makes my world. Yeah. So I was very excited to be around these folks and I, I'm going, if I'm Bruce Pascal and I have this car that everybody wants to see. I would hire a group of people to go out on the road and go on tour, like maybe even team up with Hot Wheels, and you you get paid for, you know, you get paid for it. You get paid for your car for each city via ticket sales. You'd make a tough fortune off of that. It, you know, I, I haven't thought of that method yet, but I did create in Maryland a private 4,000-square-foot museum. And I do have people from all around the world, literally, and collectors. And when I'm there, usually on a Sunday evening, I bring it out. I let them take a picture holding it. I get a lot of joy out of it. And uh, right now, you know, when you're a commercial real estate agent and you sell a building or lease space, 
you know, I'm making my living. I don't need to really, you know, do the ticket sales yet. But now that I'm 61 and I'm looking at the next stage of my life, you know, who knows, mm. you know, it's, uh, um, I love being around passionate people. Uh, I, I spoke at a convention in Mexico, 20,000 people show up over three days to that convention. <laughs> I believe it. And it, the energy and excitement is infectious. It's mm. contagious. It was amazing. And I could do that every day of my life. So uh, I do hope to be able to travel with that car around the world. I get emails from Indonesia, Japan, uh, Saudi Arabia. I even had a collector email me from Iran, from Lebanon. Wow. And what a thrill one day to be able to share the hobby and go around the world and meet other collectors. So, yeah. uh, and, and to make money off of it would be a double bonanza, but just to do it would be fun. Sure. What part of Maryland are you from? I live in Bethesda. Well, actually, I live in Potomac, Maryland. I grew up in Bethesda. Mm, yeah, uh, I, was, and, uh, I was born about in, 20 miles outside D.C. Yeah, I was born in Severna Park. So I know the area well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, you can hear you can hear us Marylanders because we have such lazy, sloppy language. Uh, you know, water and orange and pillow. I get beat up yeah. for it all the time. Uh, so the 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 pink beach bomb prototype. That's your prized possession, obviously. Right. And, you know, I get to see Bruce and, and those of you that, that uh, subscribe to our YouTube page or see on our social media, this what we call snaps, put out a couple minutes uh, of conversations with people. Sometimes we put up the full interview. Anyway, in the background is this beautiful custom mural that's painted on your office wall. Yeah. And your entire office has got your collection. I mean, you've got, what, 4,000 plus Hot Wheels cars, right? Yeah, yeah. And this office, so what it, the... Um... I hired an architectural firm, Wingate Hughes, and I gave them instructions. I said, look, I got a few hundred square feet in my fourth floor office. I have super high ceilings, 15 feet. I said, here's orange track, here's a Hot Wheel, and here's some posters. I said, I want you to design me an office as if I was president of Mattel in 1971. And I said, I want a cool desk. I want to mimic the colors. So I have Hot Wheels blue carpet. I have wood composite 20 feet of orange track hanging above my head Four gigantic, you know, two foot wide tracks. The tracks ended up weighing so much. I had to put steel in my ceiling. My wife was so mad at me during the six months of construction. Uh, I have one wall that holds about 1300 red line hot wheels from 1968 through 69. Uh, I commissioned an artist to take my favorite painting in that seventies groovy style of artwork uh, and, uh, I had a carpenter build me two sets of drawers that hold 2,400 cars. Jeez. So this is my office. Now here's the problem. People started visiting me. <laughs> my wife likes to call hot wheels collectors, strange people. <laughs> Anybody so passionate. So she came to me one day and said, I really don't want all these strange people coming here anymore. What can you do? I said, well, can I find another place? And I literally found a 4,000 foot warehouse with 20 foot ceilings. So the majority of my collection is now housed in that 4,000 foot warehouse. And I have art galleries, original art, the original sketches made to make Hot Wheels, the original designers, uh, notes, that's all in the warehouse. Here I just have the cars and my little secret layaway. So this is my office that I actually do work in the evenings, but it's, I literally feel like I'm president of Mattel. <laughs> so do, do strange, just random people would show up to your office? 
Well, actually, that did happen a couple of times, but I had a lot of people calling me and saying, hey, can I come by? And then you know what happens. They say, look, I'll see you at 10 o'clock. And then the door answers. And they said, hey, I brought six of my buddies. I hope you don't mind, right? Oh. And my wife's like, you know, I kind of do mind. So, yeah, I remember once my wife allowed me to have an event at our house. At uh, uh, She goes, you can do it, but do it from 10 to 2 and get everybody out. This is her old house. At 8 in the morning, the doorbell's ringing. Some guy in overalls and, and a pickup truck from West Virginia says, I'm early. Can I come in? And my wife said, no, you can't. Go back to sleep in the truck. You know. So. <laughs> what kind of security do you have in that warehouse? I mean, you've got to have armed guards out there, right? I, I have amazing security. I have video cameras. Uh, I actually have two different systems. I have alarm system. I have, you, you ever see one of those Tom Cruise movies with oh, all the red lights? Just thinking the I, same I mean, thing. Tom Cruise may be able to get in, but uh, nobody else will be able to. So a lot of security. Uh, and, and you know what? You need to do that. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, even at Hot Wheels conventions, there's always people that, you know, it's these items, you can put six of them in your pocket and walk out, you know, and in your hand, like a magician, you wouldn't even notice it. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, have you had it's any, always a few rotten apples. Have you had any issues when you, you go around with with the prototype and, and somebody trying to mug you, steal you, rob you? So I haven't been mugged or stolen yet. Please don't suggest that idea. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I usually work with Mattel or the museums wherever I go. Uh, I require insurance, and I require typically a, a guard. Uh, and, uh, I remember at the legends tour, uh, this guard, uh, looked like that professional wrestler, you know, Khan from India, you know, you know <laughs> seven feet tall. So, uh, I think more people were scared to come up and look at the car because he was next to it than actually, uh, but you know, I always try to take security yeah. in, in hand and make sure the cars aren't that accessible. I would. Absolutely. When yeah. I, when I went to this event and, and I said, I got slapped by nostalgia and, and I've, I've never been a big car guy, but of course, yeah. as a as a young man, I had Hot Wheels, and I just had this flashback. It was this weird deja vu as I'm looking around and I'm going, "Oh my God!" I remember my two favorite Hot Wheels cars. Yeah, yeah. And they had you know these little setups where they had some of the vintage Hot Wheels cars. And then I'm talking yeah. to people and I'm like, "Does anybody know where I can find the Starsky and Hutch Hot Wheels car?" And the two-toned green Datsun 280ZX. Yeah. Everybody knew the Starsky and Hutch, but the Datsun 280ZX, people were kind of perplexed about. They're like, I don't know if they made that. I don't know. Is this it? And they would show me pictures. I'm like, that's not it. And I finally found it online. And yeah. it's like $150, I think, uh, the value, yeah. which I'm willing to pay for it if I, if I can, you know find somebody to get the starsky and hutch isn't worth anything do you have those two in your collection yeah you know it's kind of funny I, i'm gonna go to my drawers right now i could have sworn I, I may have had the green one in this this office and if i can find it you know i want to show it to you and if i don't have it uh i'll let you know when i'm looking real quick and i don't see the one here i mean how wheels me the cars um Let's see. Don't see it there. I have like 1,200 random ones just sitting in the drawers. <laughs> and I, I don't see it right here. Oh. But I definitely have it. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, and I... I remember, well, they also made it in gray. Yeah, um, I, I didn't realize the Datsun... So there was a guy that was trying to win, you know, the Legends thing, and I guess he goes to all these things, and, yeah. and he lives here in Georgia, and he owns... Uh, 
think an auto body place in Gwinnett or something like that. Yeah. He was, his name was Mr. Dotson. He looked like uh, Super Mario. Yeah. And he came out with this Dotson, not a 280. I think it was, what, it was a 240 maybe. That's the 240, 260. Yeah. Okay. 240. And it was, and it was this special, uh, special car because the interior was done by something and this guy yeah. and, and uh, he had uh, all the, the the paperwork from when it was built and the spec. I mean, it was really just amazing. Yeah. And he's running down. He goes, "This, you know, reason I should win is because Hot Wheels hasn't done a lot of Datsuns over the years, and that was the only they never had done a two forty. I guess, yeah, they just had done the two eighties. And I was like, I don't know why I love that car so much. I just, I just loved it. I just liked the body. I just thought it, it was it- cool." First of all, right now, the hottest cars in collectible are the Japanese cars. Uh, I mean, Skylines, 280s, 300ZXs, anything Japanese collectors at the moment are really, really popular. One of the most valuable Hot Wheels in the world is the white, uh, the white Datsun. Uh, it, it's, it's a white and blue one. It, it, it's, it's super, super valuable. It's like $5,000 or more nice. because they made very few white ones. Um, but yeah, it's a cool car. I think it's got great angles. It epitomizes the eighties. And one of the great things about hot wheels is they've always had a mixture of accurate representations of cars made and futuristic cars, Mm -hmm. designers that they were designing a car. And it's a great mix. I prefer the actual recreations of the cars and I'm really a car collector, uh, to be truthful. And it just happens to be I manifest my car collecting by buying Hot Wheels today as opposed to buying real cars. You know, a real car costs you thousands to repair, the oil leaks, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got to insure it, you know, so much expensive. And you can have a thousand Hot Wheels, you know, at, for the same price and mail them, trade them, sell them, buy them. I don't know. I get more thrill out of the toy cars these days than the real cars. I, I have a buddy. I don't know if you're familiar with the actor Greg Grumberg. Uh, he's been in a million different movies and whatnot. But anyway, so uh, last when he was on the show last time, he he, he, he was telling me about it. He does a couple different podcasts. And one of the podcasts he does is a car podcast. And I was like, I'm not a car guy. I'm you know, not interested, really. Yeah. You know, I was trying to be a dick. I was just like, I'm just not interested. He was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He goes, this is a car podcast about, and he's like, because I'm a collector of cars that are affordable, just yeah. ones of nostalgia. Like I've got a Forerunner and I've got a, a 300, you know, ZX or something, you know, ones yeah. that throughout your life, like who wouldn't want to go back and buy their first car if they could? I know I would. 88 yeah, Honda a- Prelude. Absolutely. 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 It, and, and cars these days are just, it's. It's, you know, especially during COVID, you know, the car market is is crazy. And uh, you know what? You probably could have bought your first car five years ago for $2,000. And that same car is probably $10,000 today. I mean, prices are outrageous uh, for cars. And the demand doesn't seem to be slowing down. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Do you collect anything else? So over in my lifetime, I've collected so many things. Uh, Tucker Automobile. Do you remember that? There was a movie on a Tucker car. It came out in 1948. It had a third headlight, safety lights. 
It's a very rare car. Only about 50 of them are known. I collected everything but the car. And I even found the original articles of incorporation with Preston Tucker's signature wow. and hundreds of items. I collected political posters being in living in Washington, D.C., you wow. know, McGovern for president, Nixon for president, Lincoln for president. Uh, I, I've collected real cars. I've had about 35 real cars in my lifetime wow. uh, that, are, that I consider fun cars. Uh, um and over the years, stamps, coins, you name it. Uh, it just happens to be Hot Wheels have stuck with me, and and and, and I'm so glad. It, it just makes my life, I, I feel like, to have a passion in life makes your life complete. Uh, yeah, it makes, it makes you excited about tomorrow. You know, it's like, 100%. It's like when you book a vacation. That's what I try to do every quarter of the year at least. You know, we do yeah. more, but every – and I learned this – some years ago, I, I wasn't living life to its fullest. I guess you know, the guys on the show who aren't here with us today, but um, if you were to ask them, they don't think I do at all. But you know, I, I started making plans just for something. You know, yeah. whether it's to go up to the casino or it's to go to the beach or it's just, you know, something, do something to look forward to at least every quarter of the year, at least every quarter of the year. Now, you know, since I've been fired, I got more time on my hands. so I can do more fun <laughs> stuff, uh, which is great. But the collector thing is 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 fascinating because I think we all um are collectors in some shape, form, or fashion. If you go through some old stuff, you're probably going to find old baseball cards. You're going to find yeah. uh, wrestling cards. You're going to find um, garbage pail kids. I've got all those, and they're worth a lot of yeah. money. I just can't find them. I know where they're at. I just can't find them, if that makes any yeah. sense. you know. So we've all got that collector in us, right? So you know it's interesting? I actually believe collecting is a gene. Like my two brothers don't collect, my parents collected, my grandfather collected. And you meet some people who don't collect anything. So, uh, and and then you watch those TV shows about the hoarders where yeah. everything's in their house and they can't get rid of anything. Right. I believe that they're a mutated gene and I have the same gene as that hoarder. <laughs> the difference is, you know, I'll show you a picture here. If you look on the wall, uh, it's so funny here. Just, uh, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I see it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. If you look at this wall, I'm about to show you. Every car is color coded, in order, year coded, model coded. So I'm obsessive compulsive. So yeah. you add collecting and obsessive compulsive. If I didn't have the obsessive compulsive, maybe you'd look in this room and I'd have thousands of cars laying on the floor and I barely could walk in here. Uh -huh. So I, I think it's a gene and it's a condition that only a percentage of people actually have. And that's why some people go crazy. I mean, we have collectors in the Hot Wheels world that live in a trailer house for $50,000 and they have a $100,000 Hot Wheel collection. Mm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense, you right. know, who, who don't have enough money to put their kids through college, but they keep buying more Hot Wheels. And that happens in every single hobby. I'll take it a step farther because I've got OCD as well. Yeah. People with OCD, people like you and I, we also suffer, and this is Psych 101, and I always forget the name of the condition, but it's something to do with closure. And I'll give you an example. If you're writing something in pen or pencil on a piece of paper and you, let's say, are doing a T and you leave a little space in the T just because you're writing, you, we, OCD people, have to go back and color it in because we have this condition. Same with collecting. You start yeah. with one. It's almost, you know, borderline addictive. You start with one and you're like, okay, it's not closed. 
I need yeah. to close out this chapter, so I've got to get them all. Yeah, and there's different phases. There's some collectors who become what I call, and I think I fell in this category, historians. That if I own it, I have to know the whole story. Right. You know, who designed it, why was it picked, what happened, and you know everything there is. There are some people who love the display, like I do, and there are some people that, you know, just just to get it. We, we actually met collectors. We bought their collections. They'd have eBay boxes that were never opened. All they did do one of them is to buy it. Now, and they didn't care about displaying it. It's still in the original box from seven years ago. Could you imagine getting a piece of mail or something you bought on eBay and you never even opened it? <laughs> but they got that satisfaction from winning that eBay auction. I, I won. I got it. Right. So, I had you know, a- Jason, I'll give you a, a feeling, and you tell me if you've ever had this feeling. Yeah. Have you ever bought a lottery ticket? All the time. And, and the day before, you're like, if I win, you're dreaming, what am I going to do? I'm going to give half to charity. You know, of course, that's always a fake lie. You know, I'm going to give half to charity. I'm going to buy six Rolls Royces, and you know. Yep. And, but it's a great feeling in your head. It's, it's an euphoria. euphoria. Mm-hmm. Being a collector, such as myself, who has – uh, every day, at least one or two emails saying, Hey Bruce, I found my parents collection or I'm thinking of selling my collection. I'm always waiting for that winning lottery ticket to come in. So that's why I'm such a satisfied collector and a happy person is because this hobby has gotten me in a situation that I feel like I have lottery tickets coming every single day. That That's my best analogy of the feelings that I get and the satisfaction from being a collector. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I, I wish, you know, because during the 80s, I mean, that was a really hot period of collectible toys. And I, yeah. I had them all, and I could have, you know, kept them and whatnot. My my best friend, I've told this story to my audience a couple times, so. Uh, but my be- one of my best friends uh, growing up, I mean, he we were, I guess, seven, eight years old or whatnot. And he was like my toy best friend. And he lived up the street from me. And our neighborhood was kind of split. Like we had a little bit nice, a lot nicer of a house. And they lived in kind of a manufactured house. His dad worked very hard. He was the deli manager at the grocery store. Uh, The mother, stay-at-home mom. He had a younger sister and good family, whatnot. So his dad would buy him all the Star Wars stuff. and, And he would buy duplicates of it. And he would put it in storage. And I never, you know, seven, eight years old, I'm like, that's yeah. that's cool. If you lose one, you can always go get another one. <laughs> I I still to this day want to know, uh, like I want to, I I kind of want to hunt them down just to get an answer and say, what did you ever do with that stuff? Yeah. Because because Kurt, my friend, passed away at a young age of eighteen, so he had this, you know, wow, that like that would that would be a lot that would be a lot more difficult to get rid of it because your son has died, you know. Right. So I don't know right. what he did with it, but we had everything. Um, you know, and then when the Star Wars world, kind of like your your pink uh, beach bomb prototype, one of the most expensive Star Wars figures is this Boba Fett prototype, this like crystal yeah. blue, and there's like one or two in existence, and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. There's one on auction right now. I got the catalog. One just another one's coming up. Really? How much is it going for? I think the last one was uh, two hundred and it started a few years ago was a hundred, then one hundred and fifty, then two hundred. The last one was like two and a quarter. Wow. So it'll probably break a quarter of a million, if not more, in this crazy market right now. Yeah, that's how many of those are out there. 
I think about eight altogether. Eight altogether. And you, yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the dream, if you go out to the yard sales, the garage sales, especially with older people, yeah. the estate sales are big. You're not going to find anything at an antique store because they've already gone online yeah. and, and, and looked up the value of stuff. But these yard sales, and especially estate sales, because you're usually dealing with the death, that's yep. where you're going to find this stuff, right? Uh, uh, many times. I, I go to estate sales every single weekend. I go to yard sales. And, um, you know, usually I say, do you have the red lines? And sometimes they'll say, oh, somebody just beat you to those old cars. <laughs> you know, and you're like, darn. Um, you, you, you'd be shocked at how much you find. And you're looking through, and then all of a sudden you see that famous orange-black tire. And that's what Hot Wheels are. You see the case. And I just go there and open them up and pray they're the original red lines, the older ones. But I'm buying 70s and 80s. I just bought a collection of 5,000 Hot Wheels from the 80s and 90s. Where'd you so, get those, online? Uh, no, somebody found me, called me up and said, hey, somebody's father passed away. Are you interested? Wow. And um, and I got to tell you, you know how long it takes to go through looking at 5,000 cars? It's it's. I've been working on it for over a month now in, in my spare time, segregating what cars to put on eBay, which ones to keep. Um, I just brought home yesterday 125 Ferraris. Why Ferraris? At the moment, Mattel lost the license, and Ferraris are considered like super collectible. So all these cars are now worth, you know, one to $15 each, some of them 30 or 50. So I just made one whole drawer here of 125 Ferraris. And, um, and my, I look at them as keep it in that drawer and they're going up in money. It's my investments. Yeah. I don't know about you, but the stock market's down 600 points by noon today <laughs> and hot wheels are probably up 2%. So, you know, that's how I look at it. <laughs> People are going to start investing their money in uh, collectibles versus stocks and bonds. Hey, they've done really well. I've bought cars for $500 and sold them for $5,000 years later. You know, it's a risk. Now don't go out and spend $500 learn first and become an expert. Mm. And then you have the tools to go to any yard sale. And like you, I can, if I see a garbage bale, you know, what I do is I actually turn around, go to my little iPhone and Google or go to eBay and say, which garbage bale is it? What condition? And I go, wow, last one sold for $89. And I go up, how much do you want? $6. I'll buy it, put it on eBay. Yeah. You just made 80, $83 right there. That's uh, after eBay fees. Yeah. Not so bad. They take about 15%, but, um, uh, I actually have so many extra items every summer. I have a kid that comes into my warehouse and works four days a week putting stuff on eBay. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. That's, that's so great. Next time I'm up in Maryland, I want to take a trip. Yeah, I'll, let you know, invite. I'll, I'll let you know before I show up. I don't want to upset your wife. Yeah, and don't bring seven <laughs> of your friends without telling me, but yes, absolutely. Jason, no question. Well, so, so you sound like you have a, a great wife, a great marriage. Is it yeah. this ever caused uh, uh, an issue big enough that you might need it to seek some counseling? Like, all right, Bruce, I love you. And I plan on being with you to the day I die, but you got to cut this shit out. <laughs> Stop. Actually, I'll tell you the cost. It cost me a redo of a kitchen. It cost me uh, a, a redo of the front sidewalk with all that. I forgot the name of that fancy stone and a patio. So I know what it's cost me, and, and, and it cost me my wife getting a nice SUV. But, you know, hey, that's that's okay. You know, it's worked out pretty well so far. I got a great deal and a great wife. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, what a great story. I love hearing stuff like this. It's It's absolutely fascinating. And I am educating myself because uh, I, I think the collectible world of Hot Wheels is affordable. 
and fun and, yeah. and, and compact enough where it's not taking over your entire house, which is great. Yeah. I, I, another thing I learned that day when I was out judging is that the Hot Wheels community, like every community, because we're human beings, we have to be split on something. So it's it's there's the gassers and then there's the JDMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're the younger generation that was brought up by the Fast and Furious movies, you're the the JDMs, the Japanese cars and and, and stuff. Yeah. And the gassers are the old James Dean guys that yeah. that that grew up in that era. So every year there seems to be a new thing in the Hot Wheels collectors that comes up. There's something that was years ago called drag buses, which were, mm-hmm. you know, Volkswagen buses expanded by helium that look super cool. Uh, they were popular. Uh, dairy deliveries, you know, there's, there's certain cars that just capture the imagination. And an interesting side of this hobby is these larger cars called drag buses and dairy deliveries are large enough that artists can strip the paint and hand paint the cars and customize them. There's a huge portion in this hobby of people that actually customize the cars, including using lead soldering and stretching the cars and making them look different physically. So it's, there's a lot going on, you know, in this hobby besides, sorry about all these clicks, the emails for some reason are just flying in all of a sudden. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. But um, it's, it's pretty amazing, the customizing. It's a whole new end of the hobby. Yeah, the, the winner that day, I did not pick, I didn't even have this car on my sheet. I might have missed it because I think it came in late. Definitely very cool. Uh, but the winner, speaking of the customization, yeah. was a father-son team that took a VW Bug and the customization of like the fenders or something, again, I'm not, made it so unique and that's why, why they won. But, but, but back to when you said the story, like I'm all about the story. I, I think yeah. everything is based off of the story. The story is always the most important part, right? Cop pulls you over, you're doing something. He wants to know what the story, yeah. right? everything's about the story. So when I walked around to these different, these different builds, as they call them, uh, they told us, they said, make sure you ask them about the story behind it. I heard fascinating stories. Everything from me and my old uh, buddies that I served in the military with did this. Uh, uh, I did this in, in memory of my father who passed away. We started the project. Yeah. Every story was top-notch, fascinating, documentary worthy. I totally agree. I think as a judge, though, we look at it from three categories. Authenticism, which is that story and can it be a, 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 can it be a hot wheel? You know, can it, is it physically something that could go on the tracks? The, the second thing I think is the creativity, you, you know, you go back to that Dotson guy, just because you bought a car that was rare and you have the paperwork, there's just not as much creativity in that. Mm. And, and then the last is that garage component. What did they do to that car? You know, how many hours did they plug in to change those fenders and make it look differently? And I, I think the judging of that car to become a new hot wheel is, is trying to find that missing link because they've made so many different types of great Hot Wheels in the past. And it, like you, I've been a judge. It's tough, but it is amazing to hear those stories. Mm. And by the way, the talent these people have of creativity, they're all Michelangelo's in many ways. They, they take a basic car and just 
change it and it still drives. If I tried something like that, it would probably explode as I went down the block, you know? Yeah. There, there's a, a guy that used to be my intern years ago uh, when I did radio in Orlando and he had seen on my social media that I was going to be out there and he's like, Oh, I'm coming up for it. And he's like, I haven't seen, we haven't seen each other in over 10 years. He's like, I'd love to, you know, say hi. I was like, of course, you know, let's, 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 yeah. let's, let's get together. So he tells so I'm asking him like, oh, when I thought you were into film and stuff, he goes, well, I kind of do. But then I started getting into cooking and then photography of, of the food I cooked. And he's trying to still kind of figure out his life. And he goes, my kind of li- my life kind of went sideways for a while when I lost my son mm-hmm. and a uh, very rare kind of situation. The, the son was young and just every, his whole world flipped upside down. He started to do drugs and he was near death, right? He, he didn't have much left in his life to he didn't even want to live he finds hot wheels believe it or not hot he said his exact words hot wheels my addiction for hot wheels replaced my addiction for pills this is wow his exact words and then he says because i collect i collect in the name of my son which then now in turn he's starting a foundation that deals with hot wheels and helping kids with the situation, like I mean, it was, like, it was I just that it was a freaking yeah. Hot Wheels cars did all this. Amazing. How many times have you seen a kid crying and you hand him a Hot Wheel and stop crying? I also noticed for some reason kids with autism are fascinated by Hot Wheels, and I've seen several kids having meltdowns or issues. And I go to my trunk. I always keep Hot Wheels. And then I run and hand it to the kids and to see the calming effect. And by the way, what other gift for a dollar is that cool? Yeah, I agree. Here's the most amazing thing about Hot Wheels. They cost just under a dollar in 1968. And they cost just a little over a dollar in 2023. Yeah. Is that amazing that they've been able to keep the price around the same? I can't think of anything else in the world that has... That's the same size, same track, same functionality, same purpose, and the price is still the same. So it's it's cheaper than drugs. Thank you, <laughs> which is good news. Yeah, yeah. It won't kill yeah. you unless you swallow yeah. a bunch of hot wheels. Yeah, and the only OD I ever had was watching my checking account get smaller, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for the time, Bruce. Uh, what a fantastic story. I, I think you're the greatest guy in the world. If I do get up to Maryland, which I think we will be up there sooner than later to visit some family, uh, I'll, 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 I'll get a hold of you. I'll stop by and, and I'll, I'd love to see your warehouse. I think that's so neat. Jason, I'd love to do it. Also, I need to work on your disease that you're not a car guy. I need to cure that disease and, and change it and make you a car guy. Okay. Oh. That's my goal. Okay. So here's the funny thing about it. The, the finish that story with Greg Grunberg, when he was telling me the cars that he's collecting, he goes, Jason, you are a car guy. And I said, no. He goes, yeah. no, you are, because we sat there and we talked about, I love the Pontiac Fiero. I lo- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could sit there and rattle off every single car from the 80s and 90s, even the 70s, because my brother was, you know, he was, a, a as they call it, a gasser or a gearhead. You know, he had a, yeah. a Dodge RT Cornette, you know, that kind of thing. So he goes, you are a car guy. You're just not the guy that's rebuilding the engine, but you have an appreciation for cars of your generation. You can yeah. still be a car guy like that. You don't, in my mind, a car guy is under the hood. He can re- yeah. rebuild the engine with his eyes closed and his hands behind his, you know, not necessarily a car guy. Car guy can just be having appreciation for him, I guess. 100%. Here's the bottom line if you're a car guy. 
if I gave you a 1984 Pontiac Fiero in red tomorrow and I let you drive it for a week, would you have fun? Oh, yeah. There's your answer. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, electric blue was the color I wanted. <laughs> well, it's better than an AMC Pacer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Bruce Pascal, thank you so much, brother. We'll talk soon, uh, and we'll get you back on the podcast again just to shoot the shit, all right? Look forward to it, buddy. Have a great day. You Thanks. too. Take care. Thanks, Bruce. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. You want to know when the best time to upgrade your house? Always. Always a good idea. It's great for your property value, especially if you're in the business of trying to sell it right now. And definitely the kitchen and definitely the bath. UCI Kitchen and Bath, that's where you need to be. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator plus installer for the past 20 years. Extremely fair prices, quality of work, excellent service, uh, sets them apart from their competitors in their industry, which is a busy, busy industry. So if you want to visit the showroom located in Norcross, Georgia, right there, you can see their cabinets, you can see the granite, you can see the countertops, you can see the quartz, you can see the marble, you can see the quartzite, and you can watch them cut it there too. It's a one-stop shop as UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides the installation on whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular priced countertops. So, save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular priced countertops. UCIGranite.com. David Hawks of Rockland Contracting's phone has been ringing off the hook from you two percenters that want a new deck design and build. Well, that's a good thing, and David Hawks welcomes all those phone calls. He's tied up, really. He's slammed, but he's going to get you in some point or another. You just got to give David Hawks a call at Rockland Contracting and see when he can get you in. You know, things change. Schedules change. 678-879-3867. He is also hiring. He's paying pretty good if you've got experience with deck design and or build. Also remember, specializes in basement remodel, new HVAC installation, uh, interior and exterior painting. So he's bringing your vision to life to stay within your budget. He's got this amazing software where you'll see your brand new deck before it's even built. RocklandContractingLLC.com. That's RocklandContractingLLC.com. Or call 678-879-3867. Help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there. Whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full-service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing, and graphic installation. Excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish. CreateGraphics.net. C-R-E-A-T-E-G-R-A-P-H-I-X.net. Or you can call 770-369-9962. 770-369-9962. Son of a bitch. I'll be loving you forever, just as long as you subscribe to The Bailey Show. Nobody is going to save you now. If you like what you hear, then get a full seven days a week plus of new content by subscribing. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And back to you, Jason. The most hated man on the internet. Anybody seen it? Anybody watching this? Don't think so. No. You know, anything, you know anything about it? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I have not, no. Not heard of it. No. All right. 
Nate, you know anything about this? I've seen the preview of it, but I, I have not watched it yet. You've seen it? I'm about... I've attempted to watch it four different times and fallen asleep almost at the same time every time. <laughs> and that's like 10 minutes into it. Just because last week was rough. Um, but now I think I'm about... There's like three or four episodes. I knew nothing about this. But it all... Like a lot of the stories uh, that that they talk about take place in places that I've lived, so there's there's like it starts out with story from Atlanta, uh, from Orlando, from Tampa, and I was like, well, this is kind of weird. Even though it's about this dude Hunter Moore, who is the definition of a, the total douchebag. I mean, he is he he is the poster child for what most people couldn't stand in the late nineties, early two thousands in the club. He was the guy that had no problem trying to bang your girlfriend, your wife, uh, probably roofie them, um, talk a big game, never back it up, uh, hide behind his buddies or a keyboard or something like that. He's that guy. I mean, he just like, when he came out of his mother's vagina, his first words were, I'm a douchebag. I mean, it just, he screams it from his face. And so this guy starts this website called isanyoneup.com. Yep. I, I never go to it. Oh, okay. So you know about this website? Yeah. I know about this guy too. He's like, um, he's like the pharma bro yes. crossed with Joe Francis from girls gone wild. Nailed it. Exactly. <laughs> you are. So, there, there was a run of these douchey guys in the, in the nineties and in the early two thousands, Joe Francis, I actually got to know Joe fairly well. I got his phone number and I would have him on my show in Tampa a lot. And, and you know, when he played the media, I mean, he, I mean, we weren't buddy buddies. And then I went out to California and I actually hung out with him, um, one night, uh, at a club and he was just like, Hey, you know, we're drinking, he, he had, we're popping bottles, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like one side of them, you know, at least with Joe Francis, what I saw was just a good guy, like a good normal dude, but they try so hard to be douchebags like the uh, fire festival guy. Who's also an inventing Anna, that dude, he just, he was just a douchebag. There's got to be some side of these people that is normal. That's just a cool dude other than the master master manipulator dude. Um, but this Hunter Moore guy, I knew nothing about this website. This website was made. I'm assuming it's no longer in existence, right? Right. Okay. I wonder who owns the URL. Somebody's got to still own the URL. Um, I don't know. It's, it it goes to another page where they're calling him out and oh, so somebody I, to, the the mother probably got maybe she got the dot I, again. I haven't seen the whole series, so maybe she won the dot com when it was all said and done. So this website, it, 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 I get, and I missed all of this. Like even just the first twenty minutes of going, where the fuck was I? How do I not know about any of this kind of stuff? So um, in the early two thousands, right? Early two thousands there was what was called the scene and it was a mixture between punk rock and heavy metal. And it wasn't like emo and it wasn't ska. It was like weird, big hair, eighties punk style dangly earrings, which are back in style. Now I didn't even know they were in style when this was going on 
a lot of tattoos, almost British, like a British punk scene. It was where I don't remember this movement at all. Like this was supposedly a scene. It was called the scene. And this Hunter Moore was in this scene. So there was a bunch of these, these bands, these screamo bands. And I do know that there's, you know, a lot of bands that just never became mainstream, but there was a, an underground following for these bands that I guess is what the scene is. And, and this, these people, yeah, they, like the people that were involved, they're called scene kids and they, yeah. it's, it's, it's based off of emo. It's okay. pretty, okay. pretty similar, but yeah, it's a, the foundation of it. I, I don't remember, you know, and then at that time in my life, I was, I was going out a lot. I don't remember ever hearing about the scene kids ever, you know, and I guess it was a thing in Orlando because one of the guys on the show, uh, is, is, is lives in Orlando from Orlando and he, he fronted a, a heavy metal band. I don't know who he was. I was like, you know, I thought I knew everybody back then. And I was like, guess I didn't, but there was this underground movement of the, of these types of bands. So whatever this Hunter Moore guy lives in California. He's part of this scene. There's the scene kids. And he starts this website, and originally it was kind of like a goof, a ha-ha, uh, like a upload your dick pics and your boob pics and, you know, this and this and that. And then it evolved to pretty much um, uh, revenge porn. I mean, that's, that's what it boiled down to. And he wouldn't take any of it off. And he, he, he you know, he had an attorney and he was skirting. You know, there, there were the laws, there were no rules back then. And when I say back then, I mean, this is still 20 years ago, you know, so there, the, the revenge porn, there was none of that stuff on the books yet. Uh, actually, there was a lot of victim blaming where there was, you know, Hey, you dumbass, you took the fucking picture. If it ends up on a website, that's your fault. You took the picture. That's, that was the mentality. That was just 20 years ago. Um, and there, you know, Personally, I got to tell you, there's some truth to that. I mean, I believe there's some truth to that. But if you want it down, you should be able to take it down, I think. I, I, I really feel so. And I think you can do that now with, with the rules and, and what's changed. But there was this girl that had taken some pictures in the private. So she says, taken some pictures in the privacy of her bedroom, topless photos. And... Her story, there is this, there's way too many details about the story for me not to go, there's not all this is true. She says that there, her phone storage was full, so she had to email the picture to herself. So she kept it in her email. And prior to that, she was locked out of her Facebook account because supposedly somebody hacked her account. You know, so it kind of all goes in. Then her pictures end up on this uh, is anyone up.com, which I, by the way is a very cool URL. And, and, and then she's like, how did it get up there? And she's like, I must've been hacked. Then one of her friends had pictures posted up there too. And her friend says she was hacked. So I, I, I don't know. I think I, and I haven't gotten to this part yet, but I'm guessing they, they they got this Hunter Moore guy for probably hacking people's emails or somebody in his, what they call the family hacking emails to get the pictures because it was all fan base contributions that made this website what it was. It wasn't like he was there every minute of every day posting content. These people fucking love this guy. They called him father. It's creepy. Like he was a cult leader and they were like, we'll kill for you. 
because he started a website. A douchey dude that starts a website creates this cult-like following. This, by the way, shows you how desperate a large chunk of society is to always need a leader. You know, very few are followers. I mean, very few are leaders. Most people are followers. And, you know, and I'm not saying in every situation that's a bad thing. Like, you you have to know your role. If that's not your skill set to be a leader, I know everybody wants to be a leader, but not everybody can sit in the big chair. You know, so if that's not your deal, know your role, stay in your lane, and be the best at what you do. But you look at over time, and, you know, like the Trump run was absurd, these people that fucking love that guy so much was ridiculous. It was scary, you know, whether, and I don't even think it was him because now, you know, most of them have turned against him, you know, and, and they, they, they don't, they're not giving him the time of day, but yet you were willing to go into the capital for the guy. I mean, it's crazy. Like how, how much, how much are we starved to find somebody that we can follow? You're following some 20-year-old punk emo kid that's posting pictures of boobs and dicks um, that people didn't want to be posted up there. And yet people are like, I'll kill for you, father. That's nuts to me that that actually happened. Yeah, and I don't know what the angle of that is. If it's, uh, are they trying to say, like, he's fighting for freedom of speech or something? Um, but yeah, that, that is crazy. Yeah. And I remember the site, it was, it was a lot of, it was just like ex, a lot of, it was just ex-boyfriend. I mean, I don't think, and I haven't seen the documentary. I don't know a lot about the behind the scenes of the website, but to me, it just seemed like it wasn't him doing anything. He was just posting things that were sent to him by, by guys. And that's, um, that, and that it, was his defense too. He was like, Hey, look, I, I, I'm not physically going out there and finding this stuff again. I'm only 20 minutes into it. The first episode, but that was his defense. But the guy was a douche. I mean, the guy. Oh yeah. The the guy the, the guy publicly would talk about how he his whole point is to ruin lives. I mean that that was what he said on the website. He was like, I mean, I'm I'm ruining lives every day. That was his thing, you know. So then you kind of have to ask yourself, where's that moral obligation that comes into play? Um, but people ate this up, which tells you that there's a whole sect of people out there that love to watch people's lives get ruined, you know? And, and, and to be honest with you, I think all of us have a little bit of that in us. It's just the way that it's presented to us. To us. I mean, you watch these reality shows, you know, even something like The Bachelor. What's the best part that people talk about with these shows is when they're crying, they're going crazy, when they get broken up with, when they get cheated on. Those are all bad things. Nobody ever talks about these shows and go, oh, my God, it was so beautiful when he bought her the stuffed giraffe. Oh, my God, it was my favorite part last season. Nobody talks about that. They talk about, dude, oh, my God, he cheated on her and put it in her ball. And I was like, fuck yeah, because... Rolanda is a bitch and that's his girlfriend back home. And she's, I just don't like her. I was like, put it in the bot, put it in the bot. <laughs> oh, that was the other thing. This is where I got to. There's a girl that became famous because of the website. This is absurd. Like her interview is just absurd. And she became the butthole girl. That was her fame. She was called the <laughs> butthole. This is a tr- I am not making this up. You've got to watch this show. Most hated man on the internet. Like they, they do the stereo 
typical documentary interviews where they come in, they're rolling the camera a little bit before they start. So you get that awkwardness, you know, where the, the, the interviewee is like, am, am I okay? Are, are we about to start? You know, uh, okay. Hi, I'm, you know, so that, 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 that doc, every docu guys, you got to come up with something new, but anyway, so that's, you know, you're watching a document, uh, a document, uh, documentary when, when you do that, and this girl is on there. She just looks dirty and not attractive at all. The older pictures, she was okay. And she goes on there and she goes, hello, my name is whatever her name is. And she goes, but, uh, I'm most famously known as butthole girl. And I'm like, I looked at Rachel. I go, did, did she just say butthole girl? I go, is this real? She goes, yeah, hold on. So we rewind it. And she goes, hello, my name is, uh, uh, but most famously known as butthole girl. I go, that girl just said she's butthole girl. I go, what are we watching right now? And then she goes to explain that she became internet famous before internet famous was internet famous, I guess, because she put an entire tube of moose, like the stuff you put in your hair, up her butt. And she posted it to isanyoneup.com. And everybody loved, they start calling her butthole girl. And then this Hunter Moore, uh, you know, or, or this Hunter Moore guy, like he, he made a big deal about it on the website. And what this website did on top of uh, posting the pictures, which made it even worse, is he linked your social media, your other social media. So at the time, you know, you just pretty much link your Facebook page. And then he would have... Probably it was a widget that would just grab, you know, your top pictures or something. But he would have, uh, you know, thumbnails from your Facebook page. So you could go and see the moose up your ass uh, or your boobs. And then at the top, it's a link to your Facebook so people can reach out, reach out to you. They make it a big deal on the on this documentary. But I'm like, it's it's not that big of a deal. All you have to do is is copy and and Google. Right. I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal. So. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it, you think he, they should call her the moose girl instead of the butthole girl? Well, yeah. here, here's the thing. <laughs> so this Hunter Moore's like fascinated with buttholes, I guess. I, he just lo- like there's things that he did. He's just fascinated with buttholes. Well, he sounds like an asshole. So it makes sense. <laughs> and, and so we get, he, he posts a picture of, you know, her Facebook stuff and her kids. This girl's got like two kids and she's like 19 years old and she flips out and she. Like everybody can get a hold of this guy. Like everybody's got his cell phone number. And she reaches out to him and asks if he'd take the pictures down. And he says no. He says I'm not taking. He, like he said no to everybody. That's what get. That's what gets him in trouble. Part of this document, uh, this documentary, uh, this docu- documentary, is uh, the, this girl's mother was relentless in taking him down. And I'm assuming she's the one that eventually did it. And that's the girl that allegedly got hacked. Uh, at least that's what she says. So butthole girl was like, what do I have to do in order for you to take the pictures down? And he goes, well, I want more things up your butt. And she was like, she agreed to it. So she was like, if you take the picture down of my children, I will put more things up my butt for your website. I mean, this was a conversation that they had. <laughs> <laughs> so they would do these Skype uh, conversations and he would record it. And she's like, I, she's like, I, I don't, I didn't know I was being recorded. I'm like, come on, dude. You know, I'm not victim blaming here, but come on. You've got to be smarter than that. You've got a guy. You know what he does. 
You know what type of person he is, and you don't think that if you're going to shove something up your ass on camera, he's you think he's, you think he's just doing it for a show? He doesn't get paid if if it's just him watching it. This guy was getting paid thirteen plus thousand dollars a month off this website. Uh, he needs content. You putting things in your ass, I guess, is is a, is a hot commodity. Uh, so so they're in this conversation. He goes, "I want you to put your fist up your ass." And she goes, no, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, nobody feels comfortable doing that. Like, literally yeah. nobody feels comfortable doing that. And he goes, come on. He goes, this is how you get famous. And and, and, she, and all these girls would say the same thing. He was just so convincing. He was just so convincing. I am not defending this guy because I don't like this guy at all. I don't like anything he stands for. But you got to have a little bit of responsibility. I mean, yeah. the stupidity is ridiculous. I mean, it's just absolutely, I always say drink for being stupid. Like if you, I feel like being stupid on occasions, like specific occasions should get you jail time because really stupid people don't learn lessons. They need to learn lessons of their stupidity. I mean, if you're going to be that dumb and shove your fist up your butthole on camera to a guy that makes a living by exploiting this and say, I didn't think he was recording. When I think Skype tells you when it's being recorded, I'm almost positive it does. Uh, it always has. So, I mean, anyway, so that's what made her famous famous is because she put her fist up her ass. And right. and this guy loves it. I don't know, Brandon, you seem to be really into this right now. You're like, yeah, I mean, fists up assholes. It just sounds funny to me that this girl thought she could get out of the situation by putting more stuff up her butt. Like, how does this make any sense? Well, the, 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 the mom, you know, representing her daughter in the other situation, she's like, I just don't understand, you know, why people would think this is funny and this and this and this and that and this and this and that. You know, and like, you got to take yourself out of the equation and, and, and jump into... 20-year-old, you know, frat guy mind and say, okay, I'm getting paid $13,000 a month. I'm worshipped like a god. And all I'm doing is using content from people that are going to do this anyway. You know, it's it's not like he's forcing thousands and thousands of people to take pictures of their dicks or their boobs or put stuff up their assholes. He's just exploiting it. You know, so there's that fine line of going, okay, well, that's that moral compass deal. It's like, all right, dude. But, you know, people, big businesses exploit shit all the time. The healthcare businesses exploit our sicknesses on a daily basis in order to make money. Uh, I mean, you, you're sick. You, you're not getting cured. Why? Because they want you to take medicine for five to 10 days. I mean, that's what, that's how they make a ridiculous amount of money. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, um, when it got to the point where, from what I remember, it wasn't even just like revenge porn, like ex ex sending in photos, girls like wanted to be on this site. It was like a badge of honor. They would write it like hashtag yeah. is anyone up across their chest and then take nude photos and send it to him. Um, cause he used to just like retweet things because everybody would just send him stuff. So he was just retweeting it. So you could just go to his page and just see. Naked chicks, basically. Well, that, that was uh, the guy from the band, the the Screamo band. He said, he goes, dude, it was the early 2000s, man. I mean, we just all got uh, these uh, phones with cameras and the sidekicks were big, you know, the T-Mobile sidekicks. He goes, you know, everybody was using them. And, you know, you got a camera on a phone. What do you do? Take a picture of your dick and send it to your friend. I'm like, 
no. <laughs> no, you don't. I, go, I was around in that time, and I remember the sidekick, and I never had one, but I remember getting my first phone with a camera. My first thought was not to take a picture of my dick and send it to my friend. I <laughs> promise you that was not my first thought. This guy made it sound it was like so natural and normal. Like if you didn't, if you weren't doing it, something was wrong with you. And I'm going, no, dude, something's wrong with you. That's not normal to sit there and go, got a camera. My boy would love to see my dick right now. He's overseas. I'm going to fucking send it to him. No, that's not normal. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You've never sent a picture of your dick to me, Nate. I hope you've never sent a picture of your dick to any other guy. That's just my not, camera's not good enough. Sorry, guys. It's just, it's just <laughs> And I'm hoping no guy has ever asked you to do that. Brandon, please tell me you haven't done this. No. Uh, are you sure? Did he mean maybe like a girlfriend, a friend that was a girl? Oh, you're talking about sending dick pics? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've sent them before. It's been a long time. I usually don't do it anymore. It used to be on a kick. Don't have kick. But did, you probably didn't. But did, did did you send it to guys? No. Oh, no. Okay. Well, it's a little weird. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. Did, did you send it to the girls <laughs> unsolicited, or did they ask you, like, hey, Brandon, send me a picture of your dick? Uh, like I said, it was mainly on, like, kick. It was, like, a messaging app. And it was just, you know, you're like a horny 12-year-old and you're just texting these random people. I mean, it probably could have been a guy at the time, but they uh, they played it up like they were a girl. So, Yeah, I don't <laughs> think any – Hold on, just to, just, to, just to clarify, you were the horny 12-year-old or you're sending it to horny 12-year-olds? No, I was the horny 12-year-old. Okay, good. Thank God you said that. All right, what's that name? Sorry. I was I don't think any, all I think all dick pics are unsolicited. I don't think it like most chicks aren't like, yeah, let's see that schlong. Send it right over. You know, <laughs> it's usually like you're you might be sexting and then the guy just sends it because he thinks that's gonna like up the game. Yeah, well Brand Brandy's talked about that. She's like, I don't know why guys feel the need to, you know, it's just it's 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 weird. Um, but I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I never I never got involved in that world that, that always kind of made me feel uncomfortable i was trying to think of some girls that i dated that you know because i was kind of my my dating life was kind of take consumed by one one or a couple different people just because i was in long relationships when the the tech dating boom kind of started to happen so um i never really was was big in the dating world at this time maybe just for a little bit of a run but there there was only like maybe one girl i can think of that would send uh the pictures no like like (laughs) naked naked pictures and her doing stuff and i remember the first time she sent it to me and i didn't ask for it i never i've never asked for it uh because i think that's weird i don't know i just i just think that's odd I, i know it's not that odd and it's not that weird but for me i don't it just made me feel uncomfortable I was sitting at a poker table in Daytona Beach at the poker room there, and she, and I just started hanging out with her. And she had, and I was sitting, I sat down, I just sat down, and I had ordered some food and a drink, and my phone buzzes, and you know you can't look at your phone at the table, um, so you know I usually I, I'd wear a hoodie because it was always cold in there or something, so I'd have my phone in my front pocket, and I'd kind of just take a peek at it, and if it was important, I'd get up from the table. And I look down and I just see this naked girl on my phone. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I'm just trying to hide my phone, put it down so nobody can see it. I'm like, what the hell was that? So I, I wait for the cards to go around. I fold. 
I don't even think I looked at my cards. I got up and I looked at this girl sending me all these dirty pictures. And I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know what to say. You know, I had no idea. Dirty talk is not my forte. And and she knew I was going to play poker, right? I think she did. And so I, res- I, I like, it took me a minute and I respond back and I was just like, uh, I was like, God, you have the best body or, or so, you know, like you're such a hottie or you know, best body hottie. I don't know. I said something that's probably stupid and silly. And then she responds back with, it's your turn. I'm like the fuck it is. I go, <laughs> one, I'm at a poker room. Two, there ain't no way I'm sending you anything of mine. I ain't proud of what I got. And I sure the fuck ain't going to put it on uh, on my camera, on my phone, and send it to you when I probably won't be talking to you after the next two weeks. So it's like, this shit ain't happening. <laughs> you got to be joking. She, you know, th- so throughout the night, she kept texting me. She goes, I'm still waiting. I'm still, I'm like, all right. I don't think I ever talked to her after that. <laughs> like, this is weird. <laughs> I'm <laughs> out. I, I know it was a nice gesture for you to send me those things, but it got so weird that I had to get rid of you all in one night. I think that's how it ended. Uh, to be honest with you. But this guy, you know, I mean, I I don't think he was right. At least, again, so far what I'm seeing, the the douchey factor doesn't help. Like, if if you weren't that guy, you might be able to kind of sit there and go, well, you know. But I think in this story, you find out more bad things that the guy does. I'm sure you do. And and, And I'm assuming that he was also involved in some way with the hacking aspect of getting this stuff. Um, it's just because they kind of set you up for it. So I can't talk about the, the whole thing because I haven't seen it. But what I've learned so far is, holy shit, like where was I during this time? I don't even remember it. But it was also big with dick pics. And they would they would watermark. It's, um, uh, what, what is it called? Up All Night? What is it? Is anyone up? Is any Is, is anyone up? Dot com they'd watermark it with a cool watermark and there was big with dudes and like just like the guy's face is hanging out you know like the i mean the guy's face like look at me this is who i am look at my dick and he, he put it up on the website this is crazy who does that uh 20 year olds I, I guess i mean what was it was that the millennial generation i guess yours no, no, yours would too. I mean, if, if they had it at the time, but uh, if you guys had, I mean, you probably did. If you had Polaroids and naked chicks, you're showing them to Polaroids. every one of your fucking friends. So it's literally the same thing. There's just better technology now. Well, no, it's not the same thing because you're reaching way more people with this website. Well, it's, it's the same as you're going as a 20 year old guy. You're going to share it with your friends. Uh, and I'm not, I, I, I grew up with Polaroids, but I'm not the Polaroid generation. I'm not that old. That's 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 my brothers. But that's what you do the the nudie photos with back then because you didn't have to take yes. them to CVS and get them, you know, exposed or what is it called? Uh, developed. Developed. Yeah. yeah. That was the best gig to have is to work at one of those photo mats in the middle of a parking lot because you get the, yeah. I mean, like any anybody that worked at one of those. I never worked at one of those, but I knew people like my brother's friends that worked there. It was the best job. It sounded like it was the best job. Because all they do all day is they would get high or they'd get drunk. They were in the middle of a parking lot. Do you know what? A, have you ever seen a photo, Matt Brandon? You know what I'm talking about? No, no clue. Okay. Have so, you seen that that '70s show? Uh, parts of it. Some shows. Do you know what a twisty treat is? Oh, sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard of a twisty treat? 
Uh, a big it's ice something cr- the butthole girl does. <laughs> a big ice cream cone, and they'd sell ice creams, and they're usually in the middle of a parking lot. Yeah, like an ice cream truck? No, it was a, like it looked like an ice cream cone, and it was a store, but it was a standalone uh, store, and they'd be they usually would be in the in a parking lot somewhere, like in the middle of a parking lot, like a Home Depot parking lot. At the outside of the parking lot, there'd be a twisty treat. That's that's usually that was the kind of their mo. But anyway, if you don't know what that is, then it's kind of null and void. So photo mats, every single photo mat back in the day, they were just this little box, almost like a toll booth box, and they would be sitting smack dab in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a parking lot. You could have a shopping plaza, you know, and a hundred yards outside at the farthest part of the parking lot. Just in the middle of nowhere, with very little of no signage, there was a photo mat, and you had to find it. And you would take your uh, your 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 your, ca- your your camera film to these places. You drop it off. You know there wasn't the CVSs, and at the time the Eckerts and the Rite Aids, they didn't develop uh, photos at the time. Um, so you drop it off, and you'd say, "Hey," and you guys say, "It's like dry cleaning." You could come back and two, three, four days or whatever and pick your shit up. Anyway, the people that worked there were always stoners and they would look through your photos. I mean, that's just, that's just what they did. There's not one person, if they're still alive and you're listening to this podcast, there's not one person that ever worked at a photo mat back in the day or even probably still to this day. If you're at CVS, I'm sure, you know, things are different or Walgreens that you don't look at other people's pictures. You just have to. I mean, it's, it's, it's like right of yeah. passage, right? Well, and the, and wouldn't they like bust people for like kitty porn that yeah. way? Like they'd have, and, and I think other parents would get in trouble, kind of like a slap on the wrist too, for taking naked pictures of their own kid, getting developed. And like, you can't do that. Yeah, there was no um, photo developer client privilege. <laughs> there, was, <Yeah. laughs> there was nothing like that. So the cops would be like, hey, uh, did you see uh, in uh, Ronald Miller's photos, did you see him you know, slicing people's faces? Oh, dude, yeah, man, like, that guy was gnarly, like, he's a killer, I should call the cops. Do you have those pictures? I do, they're right here, and I got, he took, he made doubles, so here you go. (laughs) He just hand them over to the cops, you know. I even might want to go out on a limb and say, that was the beginning stages of bringing down these pedophiles, because they were were the geek squad. (laughs) What's that? I said they were the geek squad before the geek squad. Exactly. Yeah, they were the geek squad before the geek squad. You know, I mean, the, you, you go in different increments of time, and the photomat stuff is, you know, like, oh, dude, that's not right, man. The guy's touching kids, dude. I should probably call the cops. That's just not the right thing to do. You know, so you call the cops. The guy gets busted. You know, 10, 15, 20 years later, hey, I'm working on this guy's Dell right now, but he's got a folder that says 10 and under boys. And I, I'm, I'm in it right now, and I feel really, really uncomfortable. I think we need to call I think we need to call Carl, Carl, Carl and, and, and tell him about this. You know, the, Okay, so now you're popping the pedophiles that are getting their computers fixed. It's like, hey, man, you got no right to look through my 10 and under folder. All I wanted was some more RAM, man. I told you that. I needed some more RAM. Oh, you know. That's how we were busting pedophiles, which is great. I think it's fantastic. Get them out of here. Um, but uh, the, the photo mat stuff is great. I still, you know, still have the pictures. Like, I, I, it amazes me, my radio friends that are so quick to post pictures of stuff that happened in their career. 
I don't I don't know when I started like like how they find it on their phone so quickly. I don't know. My wife's the same way. She can find shit like in a, in a heartbeat. I can't find anything. I've got nothing on my phone. I think of my career uh, of importance, at least. It's weird. I have nothing to post. I got nothing. That's why my social media is boring. Anyway. Well, I see a lot of people post their stuff on Facebook, and then on Facebook you can search it. You just search, you know, whoever the celebrity is, and go to your posts, and it's usually there. Oh, well, that's good to know for the future. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm reading uh, this. Um, James McGib McGibney is uh, he's the founder of Bullyville.com, and it's a place uh, where like a not people that have been bullied can post about it anonymously. So he bought the web, this um, is anyone up website from Hunter and, and has it forwarded to his uh, anti-bullying page. Does so that's who owns it now. Does it say how much he bought it for? Uh, it does not. Oh, it's a good question. It also says uh, the Florida rock band, a day to remember re- refused to play 2011 bamboozle fest because uh, hunter moore was there i guess they had some nude photos of the band's bassist josh woodard on the on the website and they wouldn't take it down yeah because they're an orlando band yeah 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 so there's there's a couple of those hard rock bands you know not every not all of them became a big deal that's interesting i didn't know that about them maybe we can uh can you forward me that I, i wouldn't mind getting the bullyville guy on that's interesting. So yeah. he, he's doing what he's telling people not to do, right? He's now he's allowing the people that are bullied to out the bullies. Is not the opposite? Well, he's he's just like anonymous, anonymously, or people can anonymously report uh, somebody that was bullying them. So I think it's like a way to report it without having people come down on you. Yeah, but are they naming names? You know, I don't know. I haven't looked at the, through the site much. That's when it gets a little weird and a little tricky. It's like, man, I'm getting bullied, and but now I'm going to a website, and I'm going to call them out, and then you know, then that's when you get the crazies that come out and want to back your play, and then it gets weird. just gets weird. So, Also, something else good on Netflix, uh, Heist. It's really good. There's different ones. There, it's, it's, it's a series with like two episodes per heist, but uh, it's 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 pretty good. It's been a minute since you know I've been meaning to bring this up to you guys. Uh, so I kind of don't know if I can talk about it because I kind of forgot a little bit about it. But there was a um, uh, story of a young woman falls in love with this older guy, pretty much gets manipulated, uh, manipulated, and they steal a Brinks truck with three million dollars in it. And then they're on the lam for years. FBI cops can't find them. And then finally, they, it all comes to fruition. But it's a pretty good story. And it gets, it's kind of trippy because what you learn at the end, which I'm not going to ruin for you. But uh, at the end, because I'm sitting there the whole time going, eh, weird. I don't know if she said this. Uh, that's kind of odd how she said that. And then. You'll you'll know what I mean if you watch it. But that's another good one. Heist. All right, Brandon. Uh, you ready? One question. You got it? Here we go. One question with Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. All right, Brandon. Good. All right. We're now in the month of August, man. We're almost done with the year. But you know what's not done? The grass growing. And it's going to need to be cut for a little while longer. So you're going to want to go ahead and call Sparky's Lawn Service, Andrew Sparks. Yep, that's right. Veteran-owned, operated since 2020. Does all your mowing, your trimming, your edging. He'll do some small jobs, too. 
I imagine in the fall he'll probably be doing some leaf cleanup and, you know, getting them branches out your yard. So give him a call today or text him 706-897-2199 or shoot him an email at sparkyslawn at gmail.com. All right. There you go. What's your one question? All right. I've been thinking about this one for a while. I forgot about it, and then it came back to me. Right. Uh, what came first? Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Okay, yeah. What came first, the color or the fruit of orange? What came first, the color orange or the fruit orange? That's a good question. I'm sure there's an is there an answer for that? What would be, is the question what would be named first? Because I, oranges existed before we had names for colors, I would assume. So Yeah, named. What was named first? I would think it's the color, the name of the color came first and then we called it an orange. I agree. Because you. Cause you wouldn't, it, it, it didn't just happen to be orange. And I don't think we called a color. We, I don't think we named a color after a fruit. So I think it's the it's, color came first. Cause you, you most likely you're not going to go, you know what? That color looks like that raspberry fruit. Let's call it raspberry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got like raspberry red though, right now they got all these fancy colors. Maybe back in the day they were doing the same thing. It's funny with this bit when he he do, he asks his question and we answer it, but then he argues to like reverse our <laughs> way of thinking. Like, like there's always one way he wants us to answer, and we never answer that way. And he tries to get us to change our minds. I agree with Nate. I think the color came first. There's one of those kind of mind fuck jokes. Is you know, when you ask people questions quickly and they usually get it wrong because they, the, the, what they hear, the words is not making sense. So you're like, what color is an orange? And uh, it's, oh, it's orange. You know, it's, it's one of those mind fuck kind of jokes. You know, it's like, why do you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway? You know, that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. What, what do cows drink? Brandon. Water. Yeah. Not milk, but people are going to say milk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, so there you go. Your question's answered. You happy? You don't look happy with it. He <laughs> looks, looks mad. He's like motherfuckers. I want you to answer a different way. <laughs> I wanted to get like lost in that. Well, maybe you know they found the orange and they're like, you know, this is going to be the first color. It works. It's a fruit. We can eat it, and it's a color. This will be the first color we have. Orange. So well, but now now you're getting really deep, and you're going like orange is the oldest fruit ever and ever made or invented. Which would, I mean, if you're going to go biblical, you, you go apple, and that's red. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. We don't call apples red, though. Uh, so let me give me the grapes. Grape. So, so, so you're saying, so you're saying Adam and Eve, the uh, the concierge of uh, 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 the the ultimate perfectionist with fruit. The, the the they were the first that ever worked in the Kroger fruit department, produce department. They're like, all right, this apple's delicious. You know, we're going to call it an apple. Let's go see what other fruit we can find. Oh, this one. What do we? Let's let's call this orange. Years later, Adam and Eve called it an orange. Let's call the color orange. So that's your mindset. Yeah, something like that is what I was uh, guessing. You know. Yeah. But I just don't know how we only have one fruit that's the color and a fruit. Well, I have an answer if you want it. Yes, okay. please. Okay, we are wrong. Oh. Um, the, the color orange is named after the appearance of the ripe orange fruit. Um, the word comes from an old French word orange, uh, which is from an older French word, pomme d'orange, which means fruit. And they took the word orange from that. Wow. 
Yeah. The fruit came first. So the fruit came first, Brandon. So yeah. You, so we named the color after the fruit. So you got your you got your wish. Yeah. This is there great. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not know that. That's a great question because I learned something today. Interesting. Why didn't we call the why didn't we call this color carrot? Can you hand me the carrot crayon? <laughs> I, I, that's a great question. I mean, there's got to be an answer for that as well. Maybe that will be next week with one question with Brandon. <laughs> uh, that was a good one, dude. You just high, high, high question. You and August just sitting around. What? Uh, you know, I've, I've thought about that multiple times and it just gets my head hurting. So I just stopped thinking about it. So I was like, I might as well ask it here, get it figured out. My like here these migraines. Get it out of my head. I got to ask the question. All right. Uh, podcastthebs.com. That is our website. There's been a run on merch lately. Nate, if you could put uh, maybe some new stuff up there, I got a couple requests for some different things. Um, I got there. There was a nice run on uh, Friday's show of people that w- want a shirt that says, uh, "Hey, can you start a dance party, guys?" Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if we want to do something with that or not. Uh, so that's up there on the podcast uh, podcastthebs.com. I'm, I'm hoping th- by the end of this week I'll have some podcast and pours details. I know we're very, very close. You know, we got into the, we got some finalization on things uh, at the end of last week, and then we go into a weekend. So now we're starting a new week. Um, so the ball gets rolling again, and uh, and now we're in August. So we're, we should be ready to rock and roll. Um, I will tell you, we are looking for an, uh, we're looking at an October date. I'll give you that much. All right, just so you know, it will be an October date. <laughs> uh, let's see what else? Oh, our social media. YouTube, please subscribe. I mean, literally, it takes two seconds. It's free. You just go there, you subscribe, and enjoy all the content. There is tons and tons, minute, two-minute videos up there on our YouTube page. Same with our TikTok, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, the private uh, 2% or Facebook group if you want in. Just search for it on Facebook, find it, and we'll let you in. It's just that simple. And for those of you that subscribe, our premium 2%ers, thank you so much. I will get you details on the next big giveaway, thanks to Atlanta Grill Company, uh, later on this week. Uh, we'll continue to give out beer from Pontoon Brewing. If you're interested, this is all because you're a premium 2%er. You get the extra shows uh, and then the commercial-free episodes. For those that aren't subscribers but are enjoying the content, if you'd like to help a brother out, subscribe Get the shows commercial free, extra shows, exclusive giveaways, and uh, information before anybody else. It's only four ninety nine a month. Uh, we'd appreciate it, and you can do that by going on to the website podcastthebs dot com. Actually, got a lot of subscribers from the tennis tournament. There are a lot of people, oh, nice. <clears throat> including. You know, even almost 10 months after the fact, dude, missed you on the radio, miss you on the radio, you know, uh, miss you, I, I, you know, I get miss you on the radio and the miss you guys on the radio, uh, because we were a brand, you know, whether we liked each other or not to the audience, it was good together, right? That, that was good. And I tried to explain that to everybody three years ago. It's the business. It's not personal. Uh, but uh, I was like, you, like, what are you doing now, man? You know, like I'm selling cars. I'm like, I got a podcast. I'm hosting tournaments. I'm doing things, selling court caddies. You know, what are you doing now? He's like, oh, how do I get to your podcast? I'm not a podcast guy. So I've got BS stickers with a QR code. You just scan and bam. And so it seemed like that worked. We gave out a good number. What are you laughing at, Brandon? 
I I don't know. I don't know how this works, man. Just take a picture of this sticker right here. You might find it. I don't know. (laughs) No, it it literally takes you to the subscribe page. I mean, so it's, I mean, you just push the button and after you subscribe, it's easy because, uh, well, no, you have to do the extra step of getting it in your feed, right? Like like when you go to Spotify or whatever you listen, iHeart or something, you just say you like our podcast and it all, it's automatically there for you, right? Yeah, just follow it. Just follow it, right. Yeah. Or subscribe to it, yeah. Subscribe to it, right, yeah. So it's all, like, I, I get notifications on my phone every day. I'm a subscriber. You know, I get notifications that says, you know, black clouds up or whatever the case may be. All right, Nate, you got anything before we get out? Don't post your butthole on the internet. Don't post your butthole. Don't be butthole girl too, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't put moose sticks up your asshole <laughs> to get famous, weirdos. Brandon. Uh, your phone's definitely listening. Just say, hey, Siri. <laughs> there you go. I, I I believe that. Same with the Amazon stuff. I think this. I think those fuckers are looking at you. All right. Have yourself a great, safe rest of your day. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin, and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like, and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now get out of here.